Welcome in, everybody. Heat Radio Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Cotillo, joined by Coach Dave Dixon and Pittsburgh John Coker and the, the infamous Mikey Googs. This is episode 138. Uh, listen, I'm not even in the mood to talk about a description. Uh, we'll get to all that later. Um, I'm going to open up with two minutes, and then I'm just going to let you guys free flow because I've had enough. I, I, I did a podcast last night. I did a radio hit today. I did a YouTube video today. I'm just, I'm done. I'm done with all the bullshit online. I'm just, I'm so sick of it. Here's what I will, I, I'm going to say one thing, and I, I, I said this on all the radio hits I was on today. And I'm going to say it again. Please be careful what you say. And what I mean by that is, if you want to come straight with an opinion, uh, as always, the old saying says, if, if, if you can't come correct, don't come at all. And the problem is, if you don't follow this show, don't just start following now and act like you know who I am. Okay, because you have no idea. You have no idea what I've said in the past. And you have no idea what I stand for either. So to come at me on Twitter and get my DMs, and, and that's fine. I live for it. I love it. That's why this name is called the Heat Ratio. That's why I get the name Jigsaw. It's okay. But when you have no idea what you're talking about, that's when I get annoyed. And when I, I'm going to say one thing. I don't understand where we've come to the point where everybody on the Philadelphia Eagles is untouchable. I've got arguments about Jason Kelsey. I've got arguments about Carson Wentz, Deshaun Jackson, Zacher. I mean, I don't understand. I guess winning a Super Bowl just allows everybody to be off base. It just, it just, listen, I can't even talk straight right now, but I feel like. We give everybody a pass. Everybody. And I'm tired of hearing about the offensive line. I'm tired of hearing about it all. We talked about it in nauseam. Okay, I will say one thing, and if this is true, please, God, I hope it's not. But the reports about Carson Wentz being annoyed and unnerved now that they drafted Jalen Hurts. Okay, they already had to get – Nick Foles is stiff, in my opinion. I don't like the guy. He won a Super Bowl, whatever. He got lucky. It is what it is. He can't play anywhere else. Okay, so Carson was annoyed. He didn't want to look over his shoulder, so they get rid of Nick Foles. Now, all of a sudden, now he's annoyed that they drafted Jalen Hurts. Do me a favor, Carson. You got to grow a set of balls, bro, because at the end of the day, if you're such a mental midget that you're worried about a backup quarterback, then you got a problem. And I got one thing to say to you as a coach and as a friend, man. Here's the deal. If you don't want anybody talking, if you don't want to look over your, ball, your, your back, go out and ball out. You think Drew Brees gives a shit about Taysom Hill? No, you know why? He goes and plays ball. He's not crying about it. So here, here's the way you shut us all up. Go out and play football. That's all you got to do. Go out and play football. That's it. And play well. And if you can't play well, well, then you're going to get critics. You're going to get criticism. Okay? It is what it is. All I'm saying is, you time to put the big boy pants on. This goes for every Philadelphia fan and every player. This is insane. You have to be held accountable. And it's not just Carson Wentz, but again, Dave, you're never going to disagree with me, but Carson Wentz is the problem in the top. It's not Jeffrey Lurie. It's not Howie Roseman. It's not Doug Peterson. They all are problems, but Carson Wentz is the problem. Let me ask you this, and this is why he's the problem. He's the problem because if they did have a good offensive line, in your opinion, and they did have a better head coach and a better play caller, what would happen to Carson Wentz? Would we be having this conversation? No, we wouldn't. Because why? They'd probably be winning. So at the end of the day, guess what? 
You win with Carson or you lose with Carson. So guess what? You get the praise when you win and you get the shit when you blow. It's as simple as that. Right, and I don't understand what is so hard to understand and comprehend about it. I'm already sweating. I'm tired of already. So you know what, Dave? I'm gonna go right to you because I'm tired of talking. Well, you said it, in your opinion, it starts right at Carson, and I've been saying it for three weeks. It doesn't to me. Um, Carson obviously has tremendous problems going on. Many issues, overthrows, not reading the defense. He's playing horrible, and everybody's aware of that. But my thing is, <clears throat> I'm a, I, you can bash Carson all day long. What are you going to do to fix it? What and how do you fix it? Do you want to get rid of Carson Wentz after four years? Do you, do you not see? Do you not see the progressions that he's made up until this year? One, two, and three years into it, do you think that you can't? Do you think that you can win a Super Bowl? Closer with Carson or not? Because that's the issue for Philly fans and this organization. He sucks. We all know it. But you got to figure out how to fix the problem. And the problem starts at the top. The problem starts with Jeffrey Lurie. The problem starts with Howie Roseman. The problem starts with Doug Peterson, too, with not calling the plays right. But the answer is, I don't know, but you have to figure out what's going to be, what's going to stay and what's going to go. Are you willing to get rid of Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz? Are you willing to get rid of Howie Roseman and Doug Peterson? You got to figure it out. But yelling about Carson sucking, like that's we we know that. Yeah, but, but here, how, how are you going to fix the problem? But but here's the issue, Dave. I'm not yelling about him sucking. What I'm yelling about is people saying we're not allowed to critique Carson Wentz. With people saying, let's just fix. How do we fix it? Okay, I don't know. You don't know. I don't know. But here's the deal: we're not trying to do anything to fix it. We're running the same stagnant offense out there. The same guy who has no confidence. He has no clue right now what's going on. He is dazed. And all I'm saying is maybe he needs to take a seat. I didn't say get, cast him away and, and go in the Pacific Ocean and never come back. Never said that. And, again, all the people that said I have, they're idiots because I've never said that. What I've said is maybe he needs to sit down, whether it be a game. I'm going to say one more thing before I get to Googs. Actually, I'm going to get to John first because he, he always never gets to talk when we go off like this. <laughs> right? But here's what I'm just going to say. Donovan McNabb in 2000 and I'm going to guess maybe was it 13, uh, 2011, maybe two. I, I forget what year it was. Donovan McNabb got benched and then he came back the following year and led us to an NFC championship game against the Arizona Cardinals, who, by the way, he left the game with the lead. The defense blew the frigging game. Okay, so it shows that maybe Carson needs to take a step back. Maybe you you just have to, Dave. You have to, to just keep putting him out there and to be ignorant to the fact that he's not getting any better. And for everybody to say, oh, well, it was Carson. Honestly, Dave, what has Carson done? It, we're, we're on a, he's 28 years old. Stop living in 2015. It's over. He's not the same guy. To, can he be? I don't know. But right now, he's not. And your job is to win 
football games at all costs. And I'll be damned. I'm a Philadelphia fan first, and I want to friggin' win. Okay? And if that means John's got a quarterback and Mikey's got to play linebacker and I got to beat Alex Singleton because he sucks too, okay, then I guess that's what it is. If, <laughs> if it means we're going to win, then who cares? Let's win. That's what I want to do. When in Philadelphia, we became so friggin' soft. We feel like a bunch of bitches. Every time I go on Twitter, everybody crying. Why is everybody talking about Carson? Stop. Grow up, man. We want to win. That's all. It's not that hard. John, go ahead. <laughs> Look, every football team, every football team, there's, there's, there's six components that make up your team. All right. On defense, it's the, you know, it's your defensive line. Your ability to defend the pass and your ability to get pressure on the quarterback. On the offensive side, you got your offensive line, your passing game, your running game. Those are the six main components of football. Okay. If you only have one of six working to, to your advantage, your team is going to crumble. So it doesn't matter what you have. And that's what the Eagles are right now. They have a defensive line, but uh, and, and the pass rush. So I'll go two out of six. But none of the other pieces are there, all right? So, yes, I think you do need to bench Wentz, whether it's a game or what. I mean, you look look the offensive line, the shuffling, like it's not an excuse. It's a fact, okay? I'm not saying that with a, if the line was intact that Wentz would be having a Pro Bowl year by any means. I'm just saying it is a factor. Play calling is a factor. But even when Wentz had time, his throws were off by two feet. Two feet low, two feet high, two feet to the left, two feet behind the guy. All right. And that's what worries me more. So, yes, I would bench him to work on his accuracy because it's certainly not there. I mean, how many he, he underthrew how many balls? It's I'm, you bench him and say, look, I need you to get these throws crisp. Bench him for a game, bring him back. I mean, at this point, what do you have to lose? I mean, come on. I agree. You have nothing to lose. Zero. Mike, what's up, Googs? Talk to us. You know, I almost want to take the approach of just being irrational and start yelling and doing what I do every week. And you know, I already did that during the game. You know, I, I'm probably going to wind up doing that before I, <clears throat> excuse me, hand the mic back over to you, Tony, or one of the other guys, because I'm probably going to wind up getting frustrated. But let's just <laughs> try to look at this. And you, everybody made an excellent point. Right. Let's go back to what John said. John says the machine and the cog, the wheel, you know, this is a one one cog to the wheel. It's just everything has to work. And let's go back to what Tony said. Tony says it's the guy that's at the top that's not getting anything done. And um, he's just getting tired of which is a whole separate conversation in its own. But he's just getting tired of the constant Wentz defenders that nobody wants to call this guy out. You know, um, and then when you look at him and the scrutiny that we put him under, you know, when you when you always go back to like Donovan McNabb, right? Um, Carson seems to get a lot of he just seems to get a pass over and over and over again. So I so I totally agree with you. But let's just take let's take a ten thousand foot view of what's happening. One, Peterson looks very lost. He looks very nervous. He looks like he's being pulled in a few different directions. I don't know if that's from upper management. Um, from his players, from Carson. We know that he doesn't, he's completely out of his groove. And now the leadership starts at the top and he's not leading anything. So what's happening is 
this bad example of coaching is spilling over into negativity and frustration. And, and those were obviously very evident when the defense specifically Malik Jackson and that dumb penalty that he took. And there was a couple other ones that were really, really bad. But if you see stuff like that, that behavior is usually indicative to undisciplined teams and teams that are just poorly coached. And we certainly can see what's going on there. Okay. So not only is Peterson looks like he's lost, but it looks like he's lost the respect of all the players. Now, I don't know if this is defensive units or special team units or offensive units, but it doesn't look like anything is gelling right now. And to be quite honest with you, if this is the guy that you're going to go to war with, and if he's talking like that at the press conference, I mean, could you imagine how, I mean, I just hate to say it, but could you imagine how stupid he probably sounds in the locker room? I mean, he's probably looking at these guys trying to motivate them in any way that he can, and they're just looking at him like he's a complete joke. Now, I guess it's very easy to motivate people when you're winning. In the Super Bowl year, they were just winning and winning and winning, and anything they did, they won. Okay, so it's much easier. So he'd be in a better position. But right now, what we're seeing, Peterson showing his true character because he's just unable to handle adversity, and it's splitting on all ends of the seams. And now that you have the runaway train, you got guys like Jim Schwartz who basically put together a pretty overall decent game plan because they were super aggressive, man. They were laying the wood down and and they were holding Russell Wilson, you know, until uh, Darius Slay, who don't even get me started on this guy because basically he's Namde Asamoah 2.0. I think he stinks. I don't think he's done anything worth of anything positive here. I think he's a complete waste of time and money. I can't stand that guy. I hate that act. See, I'm already getting upset about this guy. Let me let me let me let me talk about something else real quick. So. Schwartz and that dumb comment that he made. Say, I can't, you can't, I can't stop, I can't help myself. The fan always comes at me. I want to give an objective view like an analyst, but I'm no friggin' analyst, okay? I'm some idiot, dumb moron from South Philly that just wants to see the friggin' Eagles win, okay? And when Jim Schwartz goes up to DK Metcalf, a guy that was completely blown by that dope Howie Roseman, all right, and says to him, I was in uh, Detroit. I, you know, I was there with Megatron and you ain't it yet. Why say that? Why say that to this kid? Why try to shit on him like that? And then you say it to him before he goes and he plays against the Eagles? You already know he's got a chip on his shoulder because we passed him up for the great. And I hope you're watching, JJ, because you stink too. The absolute worst pick since John Harris. There is so many bad things to say about this team. The wheels are completely off the bus. I mean, I don't know what else we can possibly say that has happened. It's one bad scenario after the next. But at the end of the day, it all comes from leadership. And you know why Carson's screwing up? Because he's got nobody to go. Who's he going to turn to? Press Taylor? Really? Press Taylor? I mean, I think we've all seen what Press Taylor is about. And he's somebody. You want to talk about somebody that gets a pass. This guy gets a pass. What has he done except throw a friggin' monkey wrench into Carson Wentz? Because I'm really starting to think that this guy is 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 at least partially to blame. There's no leadership at the top. And there's nobody for anybody to fall back on. And it's a complete free-for-all. It was an embarrassment on national TV is what that was. I couldn't even finish the game. That was brutal. Brutal. It was, it was brutal. Um, you know, brutal. I, Mike, I will disagree with you on one thing. I love Darius Slay. Um, I can't stand him. Al says Slay is far from the prime. I get all the comments. Thanks, God, for all your comments. I'm trying to put them up there as fans. They come in and I'm just, I'm just having a tough time tonight because I, I'm just so annoyed. But here, here, here's the problem. You know, sometimes, you know, like Dave's gonna hate this, but you know, Jim Schwartz is far from a problem, especially the last two games. You went into Cleveland and held Cleveland at twenty-two points. Yep, should have won that game. 
went into Philadelphia against Seattle and Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf, and you did exactly what you were supposed to do. Yes, we all know DK Metcalf was going to get his. It's all good. We don't have going to get his or just destroy the Eagles again. Right, but who is the next highest receiver? Tyler Lockett, who normally averages seven to eight catches a game for 80 to 90 yards, had three catches for 23 yards. That's called... I'm going to let DK do whatever he wants, but we're not going to let anybody else beat us. And guess what? It worked, except we sucked on the offensive side of the ball. That's what happened. It worked, but we couldn't score. Jim Schwartz had two weeks, two weeks, except for that bonehead comment. And I'll be honest with you. I don't really know if that is absolutely legitimate. So, I hope not. Well, here's the thing. There's there's two scenarios going around, okay? You know, and and that's the thing. You got to really be careful about what we read and what we hear because on one end, there's reports of him telling him he is the best since Megatron. And even though he's not there yet, he probably will be the best one day. And then there's the other report that it was a sarcastic comment, which I don't think it was. Okay, I think it's being blown out of proportion. Why say anything to him, man? Why? Right. Why? Well, you know the what? guy because, you're trying to stop. Yeah, but Why? here's the thing. Because you coach Megatron, right? You coach Megatron. So how about, how about coach, this, too? What, what's that? Part two? How about this, yeah, this ahead, part Dave. two with, with Schwartz? And listen, I, hats Your off buddy. to him. I think, I think he did well. But um, after the first quarter, and he's already got almost 100 yards, how about switch it up and roll his safety over to help out for him? You know, uh, so that way Slay's not covering the guy. You want to talk about certain things that way. You have to go both sides of the fence. And I listen, Schwartz did a nice job. He should have switched a couple things up and and let uh, Slay have some help over the top when the kid was killing us because he's done it before, right? We faced him in the playoffs, and he's done it before against us. So you would think by watching film and knowing what he's capable of, let's give a little help over the top once in a while. One-on-one coverage is fine once in a while, but you have to give him some help because he's a big play receiver. And Schwartz you didn't think? and Schwartz didn't do that. He didn't no. adjust. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Did did anybody listen to Darius Slay today? No. What? Okay. No, I can't no, even listen. Darius I can't even Slay, listen to him. Well, here's the thing. Darius Slay has earned credibility in the National Football League. He is a top five corner in this game. Say what you want. He Al said it earlier. He's held Everybody under 50 yards a game this season, except DK Metcalf. Okay. And I'd be, I, listen, except for Jalen Ramsey, tell me anybody else and Patrick Peterson who was able to lock down DK Metcalf. Okay. My point is, when you have that credibility, sometimes you have a confidence about yourself as well. When Slay was asked about that, Dave, about how about help over time, he said, I don't need help. So, what? Well, that, well, that, that's not his position. I can't stand that. Hold on. That's I can't stand that. That's not his Wait a minute. Hold on. And then you can talk. It's fine. We're all going to get our point here. My point, though, is different. My point is maybe Jim Schwartz figured, yeah, maybe he does need help, but I don't want to hurt this guy's credibility, right? Maybe. I'm not saying it's right, okay? But guess what? We're doing the same thing with Carson Wentz, right? We're doing the same thing with Carson Wentz. That's a good point. I'm glad you said that. But so the coach's job is to coach. Feelings, like you said, Tony, earlier, who gives a shit about your feelings? We're here to yes. try to win. So, I agree. <laughs> listen, Long term, listen, though, Tony, you might be right. That's listen, not a that's not a bad call. 
Carson, Tony, if, if you're getting all, uh, and, and I don't care that you're upset. I think it's great. You're passionate. You're a passionate. <laughs> guy. It, you're a passionate guy. But for you to think, and just my opinion, that Carson is solely to blame, and I don't think you're thinking that, but it's it, it can't be it can't be that way. The, the, this program is so fractured and so many levels that Carson, if anything at all, Carson hasn't thrown one person on the bench. Now I'm going to defend him for a couple things. He hasn't thrown one teammate or any coach or anything under the under the bus. He's out there getting his butt kicked. He's been hit more than any NFL quarterback. Partially, partially, hear me out completely. Some of his fault, right? Holding on to the ball, taking hits he probably shouldn't. But he's trying to play his best, right? He's trying 110% and give it his all. If we want to sit him, go right ahead. That's part of this game, right? If you don't perform in football, you should sit. And sometimes you get a better visual of things when you're sitting down and you're watching things, okay? But the fact is, and, and you know I've repeated this from the beginning, the fact is is that now you're starting to hear national attention now that it's fractured from the top. And that's what everybody, every media personality should be attacking Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman for what they've done to our team. That's who yes. our yeah, energy right. should be focused that's right. on. Not that's Carson right. Wentz, in Correct. my opinion. Not right. Darius Slay. It should be the whole franchise and right. what they did to our team. What they did to this program is disgusting. And that's where your energy should be <laughs> Put upon, in I, my opinion. I don't. I don't disagree with you. And you know what? I'll take that back about Slay. He is great. He just frustrated the hell out of me with that stupid penalty and just getting his lunch eaten last night. And then his attitude. It. I don't know. Sorry about that. He's. It's very good, obviously. But I. I, I mean, look. The, the point is this. And Andre, um, you know, once in a while we have to disagree. We have to agree to disagree, sir. So we can't agree on everything at all times. But I appreciate you calling me out and bring me back to normalcy baseline. But uh, Dave is right, Tone. I don't know what you think, John. I don't know what you think. But we feel, as as Philadelphia fans, as passionate Philadelphia fans, that this was um, this was great. You know, we had a great thing going, and there's just a big monkey wrench dropped into the middle of it. Now, we do have to say something before we completely bash them. They somehow were able to win a Super Bowl in a year that they had no business winning the Super Bowl with all those injuries. And I think maybe just because we, whatever it was, maybe we caught that lightning in the bottle. We got lucky. It was a matter of good timing. Everything broke right for us, and I th maybe we just got used to it because this year it's complete opposite direction. Everything's breaking wrong for us. I maybe I I completely I, I understand Dave's frustration with Jeffrey Lurie, but how can you say he ruined our team? We have well, hold on for a second. We have talking the about second. What's up? You talking about Lurie? Yes. Oh yeah. Okay, I'm talking about Jeffrey Lurie. Right. We can say what we want. OK, but there was a guy named Norman Brayman in this town, correct, who didn't want to spend a dime. We have the second highest payroll in all of the NFL. So for you, you mean to that guy there, in France, the guy that, in France, that? the guy yes. in France. Yeah, exactly. OK, <laughs> so at the end of the day, yeah, how did Jeffrey Lurie destroy this franchise? This isn't Daniel Snyder. This isn't Jerry Jones. OK, listen, it, again, I understand that your frustration. I get it. But for every argument, I can give you one back where we've talked about it with Howie Roseman. Okay, is he that terrible with some of the guys he's drafted? Will Parks, 
wasn't drafted. He was a free agent signing. They released today. I guarantee he's starting. He's going to be the next guy that's being talked about. He's going and playing for another organization, a guy that Howie Roseman brought in. Now, do I think Howie Roseman is great? Absolutely not. Okay? Do I think Carson Wentz is the, the, the absolute problem? Absolutely not. Do I think they all have ownership? Yes. But Carson Wentz is public enemy number one, man. Because, again, if the Saints continue to lose and Drew Brees is, is pulling a 58% completion rate, is it going to be Sean Payton who gets in trouble? Or are they going to be looking at Drew Brees and saying, man, he must be washed up? Right now, Tampa Bay, who are they looking at? Bruce Arians or Tom Brady? Oh, it, no, it's Tom. No, it's Tom Brady. What's the national perspective? It's, oh, maybe Tom, Tom, he can't learn how to run an offense. He can't learn a different style of an offense, right? Uh, again, the Patriots, when they were losing, who was it? Bill Belichick or Cam Newton? Cam Newton. So everybody needs to face it. When you're paying $100 million and you're the face of the franchise, guess what, bro? Like Kevin Cooney, yo, bro. Hey, bro, guess what? You got to step up and take the heat, man. Take the heat like a man. Yes, there's issues. I will Uber Doug Peterson's ass out of here tomorrow. He sucks. He is what he is. Okay? I, I will say this again. Tell me. I'm going to add John, Dave, Mike, everybody. If Doug Peterson gets fired tomorrow, who is lining up to hire Doug as a head coach? Who? Well, no, I'm super curious what you have to say, John. Please. I mean, I, I didn't know you were 100% going to get- I'll get to that in one second. Just to <laughs> no, just to touch on what we were talking about. Look, it's a terrible year. Period. Okay. Now let's think just for one second. Let's think ahead to next year. Okay. You have Brandon Brooks back. You got Lane Johnson. You got Dillard. All right. All on the offensive line. Let's just yes. assume that they're they're back and healthy. Now you can say that you have a plus offensive line. You have Miles Sanders. You have the defensive line. The defensive backfield isn't bad, all right? So the sad thing is you're a couple wide receiver decisions away from being set in reality. And those wide receiver decisions are bringing on a broken down Deshaun Jackson, Alshon on the contract that he's on, just holding on to him too long. He was injury prone in the first place. And then the draft, I mean, plain and simple. Those are three big mistakes that if that's fixed, you think about next year, that could be a 10-win team if it's coached properly. So to get into your question about would someone else hire Doug Peterson as a head coach, I mean, after seeing this year, I don't think that I would. I think, if anything, I think every everybody else coached the team more than Doug Peterson in that Super Bowl run, whether it was the coordinators, the captain players on the defense, on the offense, whatever it was. I feel like those guys coached it more than Doug Peterson. And no, no I think I don't think he has much of a market for a head coach. I, don't, I I agree with I would agree with John. I don't think so either. Not now, anyway. But believe it or not, everybody was saying before the season that he was one of the top coaches in the league. Everybody said that, you know, not I'm not me. talking about us. I'm talking about, you know, sports <laughs> illustrated and, you know, some of the, obviously yeah, the, of the, course they are. Of the website publications really had him ranked really high. And Lurie loves the guy or loved. I don't know how he feels about him now, but because Peterson got more in touch with emotional intelligence, which has been a big buzzword around the league Ooh, for years, you know, I love the, that. The emotional intelligence of Doug Peterson was, um, 
basically a, a, a playbook for the rest of the league because it was going that way. You know, he talked more about the players personally, um, you know, really getting into who they were. And, and that's an excellent leadership style. You know, I just, I, I just feel that sometimes that may not necessarily work if there's really no discipline on the team and, and perhaps maybe it just spilled over. And, um, you know, when things got really tough, he couldn't really coach his way out of adversity. You know, and maybe it, it has a lot to do with what John said. And, you know, the supporting cast just wasn't there. And um, is, is that really Doug's fault, though? Because he picked his supporting cast. And then, you know, your Lori went in there and meddled and, and got rid of the two coaches that were handpicked. So, you know, it's really, really hard to say whose fault it is right now. But it's clear that I don't think Peterson's getting any support. And I think that is pretty evident from Lori, apparently, in that report coming out saying that to play hurts. Um, if, if Wentz was struggling, apparently that came directly down from Lurie and it doesn't look like that Wentz is getting any support from press Taylor, please. Morning, morning, Morty, Marty Mortenway. We already talked about that, you know? Um, and, 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 and just, you know, how, how are you supposed to look back at this team and say, you know what, these people know exactly what it is that they're doing. I mean, the fact that they won a super bowl gives a lot of the young players hope that they had something to build upon. But now it just looks like as these games go on, I mean, they Peterson just looks lost. Everybody looks lost. And if you're a young kid like Miles Sanders, you're thinking, you know, what am I doing here, man? Is this, you know, uh, what, what do you think guys like that are thinking? You know, like young, really up-and-coming players right now that all of a sudden you think they just forgot how to play football? And that's part of me that wants to say that Wentz just didn't forget how to play football. You know, and I know that he's going to take all the blame. I know the magnifying glass is on him because he's the franchise quarterback. And I know quarterbacks lose and coaches win. I get all that. But you really have to wonder if we were somehow able to peel the, to peel the layers of the onion to figure out what they're putting in this kid's head. Something's in this kid's head because you just don't forget. The regression on this guy is unlike anything anybody's ever seen. It's, it's really bad and really hard. How many interceptions has he thrown so far? 15. I think I think Favre's like fourth year or for seven years, Favre might have thrown 20 interceptions. Um, mm-hmm. they, they didn't give up on him. Eli sucked his fourth year, right? I, I mean, there's you can have a list of players. As far as Doug Peterson and his coaching ability, this team was in shambles last year, and he limped his him him and Carson limped his team into the playoffs. Right at the end of the with with a bandage on on the team, so so Doug's coaching credibility. You got to just go back to last year a little bit of what they did with players that weren't available, and they were they had success. And look, I don't care. Again, I don't care who you blame. I honestly don't. And as far as Tony going back to Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman, Jeffrey Lurie allows Howie Roseman to do what he wants. That's why he has to be to blame. He is allowing his personnel to make these decisions. And as far as spending money, that is part of Howie Roseman's fault too. We have one of the largest salary cap problems in the NFL because of all the bad contracts we signed. Now, you, you say what you want. They're not, they're not excuses. That's factual stuff. I didn't make it up. It's not my opinion. They're facts. I mean, look, Jake, great points, Dave. Jake Elliott, if he gets cut, we take a hit on the cap. Jake Elliott, Jake Elliott, I mean. A kicker. Every, a kicker. A kicker is going to hurt you on the cap. We can't even cut him without getting a hit. Yeah. I mean, this guy seems to miss. And he took, for me, when they scored that touchdown and he missed that extra point, 
Is his it's helmet just screwed up? Right. You see him in that helmet? Everything. Just destroyed everything. He, you know, I mean, they got problems all over the place, man. All over the place. He reminds Top me down. of Chris Boniel. Or Chris Boniel. Yeah. Of course. What a name. Yeah, wow. Chris Bo- Well, well, he let, let, let me, and I got to ask because again, Dave, That's you're a blast right. from you, the past, right? Chris Boniel, <laughs> Chris Boniel. You did say you talked about these are stats, so I'm going to give you one, and I'm going to ask you to explain this because you're a trenches guy, and I know that you've said on this show not to single you out, but you have made repeated statements about the offensive line being a problem. So here again, this is statistical data right here. Okay, so biggest indictment. All Wentz is in quarterback rating. It said he's had the 15th most pocket time, but has been pressured third most, and 23% of those pressures have been converted into sacks. By far, most the NFL. So explain this to me right here. The New York Jets and the New York Giants have allowed higher pressure rates, but only a 12 and 10% sack rate. That, my man, is stats. That is... Is Carson Wentz? The ball's not so, coming out. It's not coming out but, of the pocket. But, 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 that's that's what that's that's the offensive line. It's the offensive line. And I'm not saying the offensive line has played great, but come did you watch on. the game last the night? The ball's not coming out. Did you did you watch the game? Did last you? Night? Yeah, yeah. You think okay. you think they had two? Okay, Coney, ready. Right guard never played right guard before in his life. Right tackle first game ever or second whatever starting at right tackle. Then you had the rugby player left tackle, who you know I like, right? Right. And then, and then you had three out of five linemen that have never played together before playing in an NFL game. So and okay. and and the coach, which I'm okay with blaming, made us one dimensional and passed the ball the whole time and didn't roll the kid out. He didn't roll him out of the pocket. You can blame Carson Wentz again. I'm going to say it again. You can blame Carson Wentz. That's the 10th different offensive line that he's had in front of him. Tony, they're not they're not excuses. That this is factual stuff. And why are we bringing it what, up? Why what quarterback? What quarterback in the NFL out of 32 teams right now? You name me one quarterback behind this line right now or behind this team that would be successful. Wait, no, no. So you're telling me right now there's no quarterback that would be successful under this offensive line. Name them. Tell me who you think it is. Give me your There'll opinion. There'll be at least 10 guys more successful behind this offensive line. Well, who? Drew Brees. Uh, he would get crushed in a second. Really? He'd be dead. He doesn't know. Uh, no, I, 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 I agree with Dave. Yeah, he, I think, be, I think he would be dead, he said. Well, wait, well, wait, he already got nine fractured ribs. I mean, jeez. Yeah, but 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 last time I checked, Drew Brees was losing some arm strength, correct? Which means he does a lot of short passing and gets the ball out pretty the quick. Ball still quickly, comes out, though. But, but yeah, is so, that, so, 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 that's play calling. That they, they don't they don't do that with Wentz. That's play calling, bro. He's got open guys. Yeah, he threw the two of them in the beginning of the game. Five yards too hands. soft. Dude, he yeah. couldn't even hit Dallas Goddard. He got weaseled out by uh, a place interference call because he underthrew the ball all goddamn day. I'm not I'm not questioning his accuracy. What I'm all I'm saying is the play calling what Drew Brees has in the in the Saints offense is way different than what the Eagles have. That's, no, my, yeah, that's but, my only point. But what I'm saying, yeah, but I was asked to bring a quarterback here with this offensive line. Oh yeah, I just w- I wouldn't take an. You need somebody that can move out of that pocket because that pocket is going to collapse. 
All right, so oh, that's why I, 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 I go definitely agree. But but my point is, he's going to get the ball out a lot quicker because he knows how to read a defense, which unfortunately makes, our quarterback doesn't. If he makes it to the <laughs> second half of the game, I'm, he doesn't. He doesn't look like he's making any of his reads. He looks like he's he's just he doesn't he's not seeing the complete picture. And the thing is, he needs to be coached out of that. Like you know, Press Taylor, our buddy, should be showing him different looks because he knows exactly what kind of defense Seattle's going to throw. And just remember, Seattle, they're saying historically, is probably the worst, the third worst pass defense in the history of the NFL. Like, they're super, 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 super bad. Like, really bad. So it should have been pretty easy to game plan around them, you know, to get guys open and to scheme it out. And that's definitely not happening. Now, I will say that when you look at uh, guys like Jalen Rieger, who looked like he had problems getting separation all night, it seems like those things are true. Those things are happening, but they're not the causation of why. It's just the country. They're just contributing to Wentz's poor play. And it, it seem like the, all the Wentz defenders, uh, like Cooney and whoever that jokester is, uh, wants to point out that, you know, oh, oh uh, it's Wentz's fault. Jake Elliott, he tweets last night, oh, Jake Elliott misses the field goal. It's Wentz's fault. Come on. There's too much of that. There's too exactly. much of this, you know, green lighting to say he can do basically whatever he wants. Now, the things about non-separation and, and uh, those things are definitely happening and they're contributing. But overall, the stat that you put up, Tony, basically tells you, and there's no way to argue out of it, that um, the ball's not coming out for whatever reason. It's not coming out. Because the receivers aren't open. They are open, Dave. They uh, are. Right, ready? Here, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do. And again, I, I, I've said this. I, you know, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I, am I quarterback? I mean, look at me. Could I play quarterback? Hell no. Okay? My, my, my point is, I would love to sit down and, and, and watch a condensed game with you and, and pause every goddamn play. And say, all right, Dave, because you you know more than I do. I, I concede that. You do when it comes to schematics on an NFL field. So I would love you to tell me I'm wrong and say, okay, that guy's got five-yard separation. That guy's open. As much as Louis, Louis Riddick last night said, and everybody's saying, oh, he said all these guys, no separation. He also said the adverse effect as well, saying the ball's got to come out quicker. Yep. And they're open guys he is not hitting. I don't disagree with any of that stuff. I, I told you and I said, I don't have a problem with sitting Carson. I agree. He is flawed. I can give you every reason in my own head why I believe he's flawed. I can tell you that he is not hitting the open receiver. He is not reading defense. I don't disagree with any of that. But I'm going to tell you as a coach that there's reasons for that. He, his mechanics are screwed up because I talked about this before. The inconsistency of the coaching staff, the inconsistency of the offensive line, the inconsistency, in, inconsistencies of the receivers all fall on him becoming inconsistent as well. And he is he, – he's, he's not – you know, he, you have to be able to blame him. He's not free of blame. But what I'm telling you is Mike brought up the Super Bowl year. And I'm tired of going through this, but what I'll tell you is that what you see there is so many things right have to happen in order to be successful in football. You need the consistency. That's why it's a big deal when, when Donovan McNabb had that offensive line show up every week. You need the consistency in football. You need it from the top down to be successful. You have 11 players on the field at once trying to be successful on one play. 
And I know it's all, you know, this goofy talk, sports talk, coach talk, whatever you want to say. But you're seeing it firsthand in our season how inconsistencies screw up the whole thing from the top to the bottom. And no Carson, question. Carson is terrible, Tony, and he should be held accountable for all of it. But as much, and this is what I'm telling you, as much energy goes into Carson's argument, his side, you have to put on the front office and you have to put the people that put these 53-man roster together because it is awful. Tell me the last Pro Bowler on this team and when he was drafted. Carson Wentz, 2015. After that. Tell me the one after that. You know who they are? Donovan McNabb. No, close. Lane Johnson and Zach Ertz. Are you shitting me? Wait, Chip Kelly guys, by the way. Yes, exactly. Right? Are you? you? Nobody talks about that, Dave. Nobody talks about that. My point, exactly. Hmm. Pretty interesting, Dave. So when you go through these things, you can be pissed off at Carson all day long. I don't care. Go get pissed off. Go get pissed off at Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman for building this pile of turd that we have in front of us. It still doesn't stop. Excellent points, no doubt. And you can't argue with any of that. And again, right? The cogs to the wheel. But you just can't give a pass constantly, week in, the week out, the guy that's just missing wide open receivers, underthrowing balls. And just making horrible judgment calls. He almost threw three more. He's throwing picks, throwing it right the guy's hands. He just he looks looks lost. So you can't just keep giving excuses to this man. This is a tw- one hundred and twenty eight million dollar franchise quarterback. Man, agree. Can't make a so basic that, throw. That interception at the end there, that Goddard. Yeah, I didn't even see that one. I so I, Goddard, I was already, I, I was already passed out. I couldn't so I couldn't a, finish it. That's a choice route that right. So you the, the quarterback throws one way and you're supposed to go that way. You're supposed sure. to that's an option route. He threw the same ball uh, with this with Rodgers in the beginning of the game. The, the the other the tight end went one way, the ball went the other way. The same exact thing happened again. Yep. Quarterback threw over here, receiver went over here. Do we know who's at fault? Who looks at fault? The guy that had that makes all the money. Look, right. it's, it's 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 easier to point the finger at him, but if the guy ran the wrong route, and that we'll never see that unless you're breaking down the tape, there's no way to know that. You're right. That's a that's a very very good point. Uh, here, again, guys, I I I'll, I have no problem with breaking Carson Wentz's balls. You're a big boy. You're you're six foot five, two hundred fifty pounds. You make more money than Jesus Christ, and we want you we want you to win every day. We want you to win every day. But as much blame and the, and the flamethrower, I call it the blame thrower. you put on him, you better torch everybody else in the same line. And that starts with Jeffrey. So let's get – so I've been I've been very lackadaisical uh, on these comments tonight, and I apologize, everybody. We just had so much to say. We're 43 minutes into it, and there's been over 138 comments. And Holy I'm going to try – Sorry, guys. Very uh, emotional. Very uh, emotional tonight. Right. And it's listen, it's expected. Uh, Al says sitting Wentz doesn't help the team. It makes everyone that wants him to get bench feel better. Wentz isn't going anywhere. We need to get him right. And playing him is the only thing that will help that. Now, I I, I, listen, I'm not going to disagree completely. But what I am going to say is if you're up to week 12 
and you've seen the same consistent product not changing one bit, when do you finally say enough's enough and you give him that mental break that I think that he needs, sit him down for a game or two or the rest of the season? I, I really don't care. Uh, you know, I'm not saying I give up on Carson Wentz, but what I'm saying is, you know, maybe the, it's mental. It's not physical. And the only way to, to get him through this is to sit him down. So that's the only thing I'll disagree with that. Mm-hmm. Um uh, Andre says Carson said it himself. It's what he signed off for. He's public enemy number one. Um, Tony, get a beer. Uh, Andre <laughs> says, I told you, Central Bucks West passed up on Doug Peterson. Check that one out. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, Dan Green checks in. Linebackers suck. D-backs suck other than Slay. Nonsense. Uh, well, well, hold on for a second. What I will say, though, is w- one guy who's not getting any credit, who I think yep. deserves a ton of credit. Yep, showing up every week. Uh, no, 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 I, no, I'm not. Uh, is is Roby Coleman last Ooh. night? Oh, uh, because I, I don't think people realize it wasn't Avante Maddox. It was Roby Coleman that was on Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett had three catches for 23 yards. And there was a couple plays where they That's highlighted right. Roby Coleman's technique. So yep. finally, a guy who's paying off a free agent who we were waiting to do something finally paid off for us. Uh, last night, nice, um, nice, Dan nice. says Super Bowl was terrific aberration. Other than that, your Doug has sucked. Uh, <laughs> I love. Can't argue with Dan there. <laughs> I told you guys in week three, Doug and a quarterback coach Markel Fultz him this year. Love it. <laughs> you, as always, uh, the dominoes started to fall when they didn't pay Ertz. The same mentality became a cancer in the organization. That's why Tony said, and a lot of people on the show agree with me or disagree with me that they should have traded Zach Ertz last year. Yeah, they yeah, value. Worried about it yep, and yep. got what they needed for him. That and that should have happened, and they screwed that up. Um, Andre's got a good point about the court. He says Danny Dimes is a runner, though, so unfair to gauge with them. But the argument is solid with the Jets, and he's talking about the sack percentage. Um, let's see. Uh, Andre says, well, Dave, with the sneaky question for a team that doesn't consistently run the ball at all. Uh, we didn't even get into that. Uh, the NFL leader in NFL drops. How many times did the Monday Night Football crew say somebody is getting open? Nobody's getting open. He's right. They they, they were. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 crazy. Uh, we'll do a couple more and then we'll move on because I want to see what, what our plan is to fix it. Uh, Al says Wentz hasn't played well this year. We all know this, but these coaches haven't helped him at all. Running nine times doesn't help. Awful play calls don't help. Not having a number one wide receiver five years doesn't help. I agree with all that. I do. I, I do. But eventually, eventually you have to find a way to win. Can't uh, argue because, that. Right? Well, you have to find a way to win just like five did. It is what it is. You know, again, I, I say it all the time. And that's a, that was the other thing I, that – Kevin Cooney. Remember what? It, uh, remember he was bringing up T.O. and he completely disregarded when you talked about Nay Brown and James Thrash and Tom yeah. Pinkston, right? He completely disregarded that. So let me ask you this. I'm going to go right to John because John has not said enough. His mouth is getting dry. Uh, let, 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 let's just – I think we all agree. and we're, we're all passionate here. Okay, we want the Eagles to win. And there's enough blame to go around. I'm not trying to crucify anybody. I'm I'm just I'm just pissed off. I'm pissed because what happens is, and Mike knows this. I know Dave and John aren't as active on Twitter like me and Mike are, but when you see the the you know the pouring out of support, just like the the blinded support for it's insane. I, I've never seen anything like it before in my life. Like you cannot touch 
Carson Wentz. Can't touch him. Uh, you, you just get you get bashed all day long. It's like he can't do any wrong. What's it just upset? It's crazy. I just I want the guy to get better. I do. I just I think he needs to sit down. Simple as that. So let's talk about this. Let, let's talk about our plan to fix this team. And specifically, John, do you? If, let, let's just say, for sake of argument, they have a, t- a really tough stretch coming up. I, I don't see them winning any more games. I don't. And I, I really don't. And I think that they're going to get embarrassed in the last game of the year against the Washington football team because Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio, like we've talked about on this show, are balling that team out. Okay? They are showing us exactly how to coach a football team. So, John, let's say we lose out. And we we, we, we we three wins for the entire year. What do we do to fix this franchise? Do we, A, cl- completely wipe the slate clean? And I'm talking about we're, we're, we're gone. We're, Carson, goodbye. Doug, goodbye. Howie, goodbye. Jim Schwartz, goodbye. And I'm saying that because just all four of them just go. Or is an offensive coordinator enough to take the play calling away from Doug and we try this over again. Like, what, what, what would your what would your idea of starting this over? What do we need to do to get back on track, John? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, I I mentioned the you know the possibilities of next year, and I do believe that. Um, so, but I don't know. I don't know if Doug Peterson is going to be able to recatch the fire of coaching this team. I really don't. So. Me personally, I mean, we see coaching changes happen all the time. And then all of a sudden, teams come around and start playing better for these, you know, new coaches, new new mentality, new energy. Pick a sport. It happens in, in hockey. You know what I mean? Um, so, I mean, I, I don't think it's a full teardown. Like I said, the, the offensive line with health is not necessarily going to be the problem that it has been this year. You have Wentz, which, yes, he has his faults, you know, but for three years, he was a top half, top 15 quarterback for three years. This year is a complete obliteration. But, I mean, I'm not ready to give up on him. Plus, you have Hurts behind him. The issue is still with the receiving core. Shed the Alshon Jeffrey should have, they should have, they should have cut him when they had a chance over the summer. I mean, plain and simple. Just shed a, shed the weight and get rid of it. Move on from Deshaun Jackson. Look, he even with the, all this nonsense that he had, you knew what you were getting. I mean, he's not going to play more than twelve games because he's going to pull eight hamstrings, even though you got like two of them. Then why sign him? Why sign? I him? don't know. But it was it was signing him, and then he comes off for that one game and balls out. But was that really the answer? I mean, like I just. I don't look at him to lead a team. You got a young quarterback. You got Miles Sanders in the backfield. Six runs, so, uh, dude. It's it's you got to get that re- runs for Miles Sanders. Six. Oh, I know. Yeah, completely disgusting. Six. Just All so, right. just for the people in the back that didn't hear that, that's five and a one. Six runs. Oh, he had mm-hmm. two passes, I think, thrown his way. Yep. Great play calling there, Dougie. Great play calling there, buddy. Way to show some real creativity. Great job. Yeah. So I say, Doug, and you got to make a move for a true receiver. If you can't draft one, then you got to pay for one. And obviously, well, John, I mean, you, why, why don't you just send one down from Pittsburgh? Because everybody you draft yeah. up there seems to be like unbelievable. 
that'll cost you. <laughs> yeah. We're exactly. willing to negotiate. You can have Wentz. Exactly. <laughs> you yeah, know exactly. what? There you go. I I, uh, I I may be willing to take you up on that. So, so all right. So, John, so you say bring back, bring back Doug Peterson. No. Okay. So no. you're saying we're out on Doug. Peterson got to go. I don't think he can regain the team. How about with, Jim Schwartz? With, what's there? I'm I'm okay with Schwartzy staying. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how much of a coaching overall. I think Peterson got to go. You got to bring so, in the so offense. Keep people. Howie. So you're you're the owner. You're Jeffrey Lurie. You keep it Howie Roseman as your GM. Truthfully, I I don't look. I will tell you. I don't know what all these people's roles are. Whoever is is doing the draft research, they Howie. need to be changed. Whoever that is, all right? I'm not saying final decisions. Look, you're not going to hit on every draft pick. But whoever is scouting these players, and and it's not just Howie scouting them. I mean, there are scouts that are out there looking. I mean, yes, he needs to bless everything. But, I mean, there are still guys that are giving him intel. He is not out seeing all these guys. Of course not. So whoever it is, that needs to be cleaned up because they're doing a piss-poor job of it. Uh, agreed. So you don't think it's a complete breakdown, John? You think no. how Doug goes, um, Schwartz could stay, Roseman it, could stay, but Roseman could go. Well, it also doesn't. Approach. It doesn't have to happen all in the same year. Is what I'm getting at. Get rid of Doug Peterson. I don't think he could coach this team anymore. See what you, if and if you could somehow change what you do in the draft, just one year, and have your offensive line get healthy and sign a receiver. I think it could be a 10 win team. Okay. So I'm going to, I I think you're, I think yes. Okay. I could definitely see that scenario. My thing is maybe we'll go back to what Dave had said. Consistency in a football team is everything. And that also starts with the coaching. It starts with everything. So if you break it all up, you got to be looking at, this is going to be several years of rebuilding in order to get all the pieces in play, right? You're going to have to do that because what you don't want to do is you don't want to leave. Let's just say, for instance, hypothetically speaking, that you left Peterson in there and you brought another offensive coordinator in there. Well, that offensive coordinator, although he may be the next best wide receivers coach or some sort of a position coach from another team, because that's usual trajectory in terms of promotion. You go to OC, you go to head coach, right? Let's just say that that happened. You're still coming in under the Peterson culture, right? So even though that this person could be like really good, all of a sudden now that fact that the well has been poisoned for lack of a better phrase, and that person obviously gets assimilated into wrong into exactly. the wrong type of culture. Well, so I think that it all got it's all gotta come down. And, that's and what w- I think. Well, it, that Dougie P got it got to because I exactly what you said. And the one thing you said about 20 minutes ago was you you mentioned his leadership style. What makes a good leader is not just leading the way that you are comfortable leading. Leadership is about leading to connect with those people that you are trying to lead and sure. and and lead them in a way that they're receptive and open and you get through to them. Every single person is not the same way. You have to have a blended approach and that's where what I think he lacks. I don't think he has the ability to kind of give them a kick in the behind when they need it. I he, I don't think he has the gajones to make the tough decisions. Or, or maybe, maybe how about this for a scenario? You're right, John. Maybe this. Maybe Wentz just looks at Peterson and says, I'm not listening to anything these people tell me, and I'm going to do whatever I want. All right, I'm the franchise guy. 
We don't know what that relationship is like with him and Lori. We've said this before on previous episodes. So let's just say that they're hanging out or let's just say they text each other or they're buddies or whatever. Who knows? But maybe he's just operating completely independent because he doesn't have any trust in leadership. So he's just going to, he's just doing what he can. I mean, there's no question about it. Is the guy trying? Of course he's trying. He's killing himself in the process too. And I want to go back to that stat that you brought up earlier when uh, Dave said something about Favre and where Favre was and where Eli was. You know what? And I don't, I don't know the answer to this. And maybe we can pull that data up. But were either one of those quarterbacks injured as much as Wentz? Because Wentz has taken a beating over the last four. I mean, let's just say it. Whether he's holding the ball, whether he's lowering his shoulder, whether he's do, whatever he's doing. He's taking a beating. And I know it's not from a lack of effort. The guy is definitely trying. It just seems like he's running an uphill battle that he's never going to get to the top of. And maybe it's just his his methodology or the support mechanisms or everything that we've been talking about for the last couple of episodes. No, we don't I, know. I, no, I agree. You don't know. You don't know. Um, you really don't. But, John, I, I agree with things. If you said, Mike, I agree with things. You said, Dave, how are you fixing this team, man? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> I think he's got a plan. I definitely have a plan. Well, so I would keep Doug and Carson because I think that they give us the closest shot to performing, making the next level, playoff Super Bowl. Um, Schwartz, believe this or not, Tony, I would keep him again. But here's the thing. I'm going to go get my personnel guy. You got to pick a guy out of San Francisco. Um, what they've done recently in drafts for the last couple of years, obviously you're not going to get their head guy, but you get an underling possibly and, and get him into our program. Somebody like we did under Andy Reid when he reached out to the Steelers and they got Tom Modrak in here and they had successful drafts one after the other, picking some players in, except at the wide receiver position, which seems to be our kryptonite. Um, uh, I, I would – Keep all the, those guys together. Howie Roseman is obviously gone for me. You, you, can't, you can, can't continue to do the same thing. Um, and <clears throat> our biggest problem that I see is lack of talent or depth of talent. Um, I know people can pick uh, Doug apart for a couple things, but I think his leadership ability is why – People want to play for him. I, I think that they they want to play. I just don't think that the players are good enough, guys. I mean, that's just my opinion. Um, you know, Tony, uh, Tony and I talked about this back when we started this program. We're 138 episodes in, and we talked about Doug Peterson and the question mark that he was. But here's what I will tell you, that what I think he's proven is that with the right personnel around him, and I mean coaches, that he is the right leader that can make things everybody come together and work. And you don't win a Super Bowl if you don't if you don't have that ability. That's just my my opinion. I don't want to get rid of everybody quite yet. I'd like to see Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz with the right pieces have another go at this. That's just my opinion. I, I listen. I I see that I do. But here here here's my issue about bringing in an offensive coordinator. Look what's going on. And, and I know this is going to be a stretch because this guy is a lunatic, but you look at Adam Gase and then with the New York Jets. The first thing that they did, they took the play calling away from Adam Gase. And then what, what happened? He couldn't help himself, but metal back into it again, right? So, unfortunately, either Doug Peterson is going 
to basically call the plays here, or he's not going to be a head coach because he's not going to, he doesn't know any other way and he's not going to be able to help himself. He's just not. The, the only year he was was when we won a Super Bowl and he had Frank Reich. It's as simple as that. And I'm not saying that he was a different. I'm just saying just strictly as a guy that he looked to and he trusted. Here's my thing. We have watched organizations within the NFL do completely quick turnarounds. Dave, you mentioned it. Get a guy from San Francisco, right? Well, I, I'll do one better. Look, look what, how about Vegas? They take Mike Mayock, who who is a brilliant mastermind, breaking down the draft, right? Philly guy, local guy, and what does he do out there? Name me their name me their starting defensive line. Name me their starting linebacking core. He rebuilt that entire team in a year, one year, right? It's amazing what happens when you have a talent evaluator. So me. I'm going to pluck that guy right out of ESPN, my man, Lewis Riddick, and I'm going to say, hey, Lou, listen, here's the keys to the castle. Bump Howie out. Okay, we're done. We we've Listen, we have seen this over and over again. Howie was in the corner. He was out of the corner. Put baby back in the corner. Take her back out. It is what it, that's over now, right? We, we've seen this. Doug Peterson, unfortunately, I say, I, I know everybody wants to give him another chance. I get it. He's won playoffs. He did great last year, won a Super Bowl. It, listen, we have seen this with Andy Reid. And I understand that we're talking about a huge sample size with Big Red as opposed to Doug Peterson, but they are from the same tree. And when we seen it go really bad in Philadelphia with Andy Reid, it went really bad. And we all knew there's no way he was going to get that team back. Doug Peterson is in the same role. The difference is when Andy Reid, when, when he got fired, he was hired the next day. Okay, that will not happen to Doug Peterson. It won't, Dave. What, what He may be an offensive a coordinator somewhere and have to rebuild his resume up, but to see the dysfunction of this team at a national level, you just don't get head coaching jobs because of that. Again, people see it. So, in my opinion, I'm with, I'm with John here, man. Doug's got to go. And, and, and I respect that he gave us something that we've never had, and I will forever be grateful, that, and, and, and I will forever be mesmerized at how the hell he even did it. I still don't know. Right? I still don't. Neither does he. Right. But we got it. Right? We got it, which is, which is all good. But Lewis Riddick is a guy who knows how to break down talent. He's a guy who's been in that role. And when you take guys like you look at John Lynch, John Lynch is the guy we're talking about from San Francisco, right? What he's doing. He took a young guy in Kyle Shanahan that everybody said, oh, he's riding his dad's coattails. No, 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 no. Kyle Shanahan, he's got a team at five and six right now that lost their entire defense, and it's playing with some stiff as a quarterback, right? Stiff, stiff. The Nick Mullins, are you kidding are you, we're talking about Carson Wentz and the problems we had. The Niners have nobody, nobody. They're five and six in one of the hardest divisions in the National Football League. Five and six. So it can be done. So get rid of Doug. Get rid of Howie. I, listen, Dave, I, I'll keep Carson. Okay? I'll keep Carson. But what I will say, though, is we all need to be very careful. Carson Wentz is 28 years old. So if, if we're going to Build this thing up, it better be quick because before you know it, Carson Wentz will be 32 and will be wondering the same goddamn thing, which is why, again, I think that Jalen Hurts needs to play some productive football to find out 
if this kid can play and be an asset or be an asset for where he was drafted for this team going forward, just in case, just in case it doesn't work out with Carson Wentz. Um, uh, Andre says how he paid off Dave tonight. Uh, John, uh, Andre said John with the fancy red Yeti definitely has some folders in there. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't think he's telling. Um, Al says loves Riddick. Been looked over for years. Dan says Lewis Riddick from Quaker Town who how he fired out of insecurity. That's a great point. We all yeah, forget he, about that, right? He was in the Eagles. He was in the Eagles front office. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. That's I, that's right. I completely forgot about that. That's a good good pull by you, Dan. I, yeah, and again, insecurity, right? Howie, get out, right? Yeah, get out. Yeah, he's a threat. Yeah, but right? again, Howie fired him. But who said, okay, Howie, you can fire him? Nah, I I get it. And but but the problem is, Dave. In my opinion, we we can't do anything about the owner. He's not going I know. anywhere. I know. Right? We can we can blame him though. Well, well, we can, but, it, but to me, I, like, I'm sweating my ass off right now, and I'm about to have a heart attack, but here's the thing. At least it's worth it, right? At least I have an argument. I can't blame him. Jeff does nothing. I mean, I'm kind of jealous. His, his wife is smoking. And, you know, he, he's got tons of money, right? And he just sits up in there in his booth. He owns a, a multi-billion dollar franchise. It is what whether he gets embarrassed or not doesn't matter, right? At the end of the day, blaming Jeff, it's just not going to change. Yeah, it does. I, I'm matter, say, I disagree. Just it does. Change. It does matter to him. It does matter to him because, like I told you, guys like that when they hit a certain statue and money, and it's just, it just doesn't. They don't think about money like you know normal people do. They don't think about it. They just they have it. It's there. It's not even. They're not even sweating it. Yeah, obviously they want to make more. They're billionaires, so they keep pushing, pushing, and more and more. But at the end of the day, they don't want to walk into the other room with the other thirty-one owners and the big boys club and look like the idiots. They want to win, bro. They want to win. It's like their toy. And they don't, they don't want to look like that. I mean, they're rolling in circles that you and I can't even possibly fathom what it's like to, for him to walk into a room with the buddies and, you know, the acquaintances and the people that he hangs around in his circle and he walks in and he's got to look like that. I mean, it's not like they're trying hard and they're winning. They're just falling out all over the place. They look, they look like a worse than a high school football team. They work. Mike, they that's look bad. An awesome point, man. That is an excellent point. And, and they own these corporations because they do want to win. Another another good point. Yeah, yeah. Who I, wants I, to put their corporation and their sponsor and wants to buy all these sponsorship packages? Not that they're probably selling much of that now outside of digital, but you're gonna you're gonna put your name. You're supposed to be, you know, this uh, winning company like Accenture. You know, all you're talking about is winning for clients and winning for deals and winning, the, winning, winning. And you're gonna go and you're gonna, yeah, you're it's a gold standard. You're gonna go and you're gonna buy a you know a five million dollar advertising package from the Eagles after they're playing like that. <laughs> I never even thought about that, Dave. That's an amazing point. You don't think that point. that's hurting their at their ability to raise money for ad revenue? I bet you it is. That's a great point, man. Wow, uh, nice, that, nice pull that's there. A great point, dude. Coach Dave is now he's making up for lost time. That's what You're it is. Point tonight, brother. <laughs> he's been, Coach Dave been out of the game for a few weeks. Now he's making up. I love it. Um, Dan checking a great. I forgot about Dave, Daniel Jeremiah as well. Another mm -hmm. another NFL guy, former Eagles employee. Right? We've had talent in this organization. Bernie, you could have had Mike Mayock. I would love. Uh, you could have had. My point to that is, you could have had him. He was overlooked. By our oh, own backyard. On and we could have had John Gruden, too. Yeah, but why do you think Gruden picked Mayock? Because he worked with him? Because he knew yeah, he just knew his stuff? They're ties they're, from Philly. 
They're Philly they're, ties. They're, yep. my, Mayock, May, Mike Mayock is a local guy. He's from, yeah. I think, Cardinal Ara or yes. uh, yep. Archbishop Carroll, that, that Delaware County guy. And, um, you know, obviously Gruden's ties here from when he coached here. Those sure. guys know each other. That, 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 that relationship was forged in Philadelphia. They're football guys, right? Oh, They're fo- yeah. And when when a lot of people, that was another, you know. I, listen, I we all know. I I have some. John said this before. I have some very strong willed opinions that are kind of off base sometimes, but I, I try to back them up as much as I can. And I'm a John Gruden guy. I, I've I've always said that, Dave. You know that I've advocated for John Gruden, and you know why I've advocated for John Gruden because of exactly what you said. Because I watched two 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 quick stories are going to tell about John Gruden just shows me you you see how passionate I get and I think people understand that. that's what it is it's passion so I'm watching a virtual draft and I'm watching John Gruden in his house with his wife and his son right he's got Mayock and and, and they're talking to him and they draft Henry Ruggs right and 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 John Gruden it looks like the kid who just got his first Hot Wheels on Christmas <laughs> morning, right? Like, you, you see, like, Bruce Arians and Cliff Kingsbury just sitting in a chair, kind of like, yeah. No, Gruden's there. He's, he, he's fist bumping. He's hugging the wife. Like, we're yeah. going to Disney World. Like, he, he <laughs> loves it because he's already thinking of the place he's going to run with Henry Ruggs. And then when they upset and beat the Kansas City Chiefs, who's the first guy out of the tunnel? But Mike Mayock. They're hugging each other in the end zone. It means something to them because exactly what you said, they're from Philly. They're from Philadelphia in that they're, they're molded within this franchise and this fan base, and they understand what it means to win. And that's why I've always wanted John Gruden. That's why I love Mike Mayock, and, and that's what we need here. You think you ever see Howie Roseman? Like hugging Doug Peterson. I mean, what's he giving him a freaking ice cream cone, right? Yeah, like, come on, hey, guys. Come on. Go ahead, Howie. Go ahead, Doug. Good job. Hey, like, I just I just picked JJ Arcega Whiteside's brother. <laughs> I, I, I talked to his That's mom. Freaking dope. And he yeah. said he's really good kid. Yeah. I think he's really smart. Like, 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 stop. He's it, got a man. really good character. Don't worry, he can't get any separation. But at least he won't get in any trouble off the field. Yeah. Like. <laughs> I mean, we could go on for days, man. We could. Uh, I, it is. What a it, disgrace it, he is. It, it is. We're going to Just walk away, bro. Don't we, walk we, away, man. Just, we just, are. Just, just, just walk away, though. Please. Uh, Andre stop. says, after the Super Bowl, the Eagles have not regressed by not replacing or resigning the players who led to be successful, like a bruiser back on offense and an apparent leader on defense. Isn't that true? Uh, and, uh, we know who the defense guy is, right? Malcolm Jenkins. Right and and, and and again and here I would say I would say Kyle Long he's talking about Kyle Long there or uh, uh, the Long kid what was his first name he, he he's he's speak wait you don't think he's speaking to Malcolm Jenkins no nah, because we just got rid of Malcolm Jenkins this year he's talking about. Uh, yeah, what, but we brought Long back on a one-year deal, and then we did like for another year, and then we you know he decided in 2019. Uh, we brought him back in in 2018. Andre, you have to settle Chris the Long. argument. Chris Long. Is, you think you talking about Chris, Chris Long? Chris Long and our guy, Blunts. Well, yeah. yeah uh, well, uh, well Blunts is different than Blunt, but uh, look, see, I told you, Malcolm Jenkins, bro. Look, uh, see, there it is. And, and, and here's why. There it is. And, and again, I got killed again. People tell me I'm nuts. Dave, how much did I want Jamal Adams? I, yeah. I, like, I, right? Who? 24 years old. Right? Yeah. How much did I want Minka Fitzpatrick? Are you, you kidding both. me? Yeah. Well, well, but instead, what did we get instead? 
Like, you know, they, they, they were leaders. Uh, again, so right now, you know, I, I did a um, uh, a post-game show for Philadelphia Sports Table last night. Jeff Warren, great guy, great podcast, check it out. And we, we specifically talked about the loss of Malcolm Jenkins. And think about what that did. That has forced a guy in Jalen Mills who, say what you want about Mills, but he was your second-best corner last year. And you move him into a position, He number one, he's physically inept to play. He's mentally inept to play. He can't play it. So, well, and, and then what you do is you put – John uh, Avante Maddox, who can't cover me, okay, on the other side, all because you let a veteran guy like Malcolm Jenkins walk. Fine. If you want to let Malcolm walk, I'm good with that. But you have to replace him. You can't just band-aid it. Like, didn't we learn with Brian Dawkins? Didn't we learn with that? I mean, I don't understand. Like, these are the moves that we're not making that we absolutely should make. And with that, let me – let, let's just completely move on. We, we, we've talked about this so much, and I think we all agree that we just want to win. And speaking of winning, let, let, let's go. Before we turn it over to the frauds of the Philadelphia Phillies, okay, let, let me just ask – I want to I, – I, John is coming right to you because there's two teams that we're battling for supremacy in the NFL, and that's the Kansas City Chiefs and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I want to know, John, all fandom aside, who is the better team right now? If I'd have put you on the Jeez. spot, who's so you think the Chiefs are a better team? You're putting me on the spot, and yes. I have to bet. Yes, I would say the Chiefs are a better team. That's well, not to say that I'm if they played if they would if they played 10 games, it might be six and four. Or five That's interesting. I like that. It could be five and five. I'm saying it's close. It's not like because Steelers defense. I mean, but then you got Mahomes and what he does. So it, it'll be interesting. I mean, the one thing that I can say is the the ends on Pittsburgh's defense with um, with Watt and Bud Dupree, the containment. That's they contained Lamar Jackson. They, you know, they're, it's like they were both spying on him, making sure that he couldn't get out, then attack him from the sides. You know what I mean? Not just making a beeline right for the quarterback where he's going to roll out. So that's the one difference that they could play, hopefully a little better on Mahomes by keeping him contained. Look, get pressure on the quarterback is always the name of the game. Defensive backs can, you know, nobody's going to hold down Tyreek Hill. No one's going to be able to stop Jason Kel or yeah, Jason Kelsey, um, Travis. Travis Kelsey. But can they can their defense slow down the offense enough, cause a turnover or two? And I think their offense can definitely hang with Kansas City. Kansas City has a decent defense, but I mean, in general, I like the Steelers' offense better than the Kansas City defense. So I mean, I think it would be a close. I mean, I'm I'm matching it up. Like they're playing uh, against each other, but that's how I truly view the teams. You have to, I you know I I think you have spot on analysis. I think it it it, it, it comes down to one thing, and it comes to is it Big Ben or is it Patrick Mahomes? Because I think everywhere else, I mean, they have a tremendous receiving core. I think you know if you do to check the boxes, like you said, uh, well, Kansas City has a great defensive line. Pittsburgh has a better secondary. Right, so it's like you know, you know, Eric Ebron, Travis Kelsey, 
right? James Conner, CEH, right? Uh, you know, it, it's like back and forth, but but I think it's all separated between Patrick Mahomes and Ben Roethlisberger. I got a sleeper team in that AFC. I know, I know those two teams are the juggernauts, but I would not sleep on the Titans. I knew you were going to say that. I, I, Dave Welch is a Vrabel, bro. He he got a man crush on Mike Vrabel. That's what I, it is. Yeah, between him and Derrick Henry. Derrick I mean, Henry, oh probably. Oh, my God. Derrick Henry is the closest thing to Christian Okoye I've seen in, in so long. Oh, my God. I love watching him run. He's both it's Jackson, so funny, man. Dave. You, Dan said the same thing as before. Right before he was, he was typing, "Don't sleep on Tennessee." Just as you two are right on the map, oh, yeah. right on the same page, man. But I, I just, again, at the end of the day, I just have a hard time. As much as I, I, I do, I, I like Vrabel. I like what they're doing there. But I know what you're gonna say. It's Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> I knew you were gonna oh, go there. <laughs> you can't get past Tannehill, can you? You can't. I can't. Yeah. It's freaking t- any guy with a nickname Tanny. I can't help it, bro. <laughs> Tanny. <can't> help it. <laughs> Tanny. I'm like, hoping seriously. Tanny. I'm yeah. hoping Tanny. You know who would be good with Tanny? Howie Roseman. Hey, Tanny. Oh. Come down to the office, Tanny. You know what I mean? It's like, wow, look at Andre going look, more like Barry Ward. Uh, Barry Word. Oh. Wow. Barry Word. <laughs> Man, I'll tell wow. you. Wow. Same team. I'll tell you though, man. It, 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 one thing's for sure. Uh, it, it's going to be. Thank God that we have other thing, other teams to watch like that. Then who's coming out of the <laughs> NFC? Whoo, man! I, I don't know. I think I, I even though they they've struggled recently. Uh, you know, you got to like Seattle. But I'll tell you what. I, I two weeks ago, I, I, I think that the New Orleans Saints made one of the biggest trade acquisitions on defense in Quan Alexander. And that defense is a top three defense in the NFL. And what they did with, with, with a guy like Sean Payton, again, you, uh, Mike Vrabel to you, Sean Payton, I, I would hug the shit out of Sean Payton every single day. I got a big-ass man cross on Sean Payton because I think Sean Payton, he knows exactly how to coach a football game. Yeah, and I, I would I would trade for him. I, 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 any capital you want, bring me Sean Payton. You want to ask who I want with Sean Payton? At, at, at the name... Anthony, I'm looking at uh, Al's, Al's comment right there, but to, to put them up with that offensive firepower that they have and, and to be able to do what they can do, whether they run the ball, they catch the ball, they throw the ball, I again, that defense – Dennis Allen doesn't get enough credit. I, I, I've said it again. Uh, you know, I, I he was in head coach contention before. He does not get enough credit for what he does on the defensive side of the ball because everybody looks at Kamara and Michael Thomas and Drew Brees, and nobody looks at that defense with with Lattimore and Jenkins. And Demario Davis is probably one of the most underrated linebackers in all of football. And then he had Quan Alexander and Cam yeah. Jordan, and I mean the list goes on. I mean, the list just absolutely goes on. Interesting point. Not enough is being said about that, that's for sure. No, no, not at all. I mean, Dan, Dan's got a good point. I mean, he says he's concerned for breeze and his health. Broke 11 broken ribs is no joke. You're absolutely right. I, I completely agree. Uh, completely agree. I just think that, you know, by the time he's going to have enough time to get healthy. And, you know, the, the one thing about Drew is he doesn't get hit a lot. Right, Drew doesn't get hit a lot. He doesn't. I mean, listen, you know that that hit that he took. Obviously, yeah, it was a bad hit, but he doesn't get hit seven, eight, nine times a game. Uh, no, he's not Carson Wentz, but uh, at the end of the day, he gets the ball right. He gets the ball out quickly. 
and he makes up for you know his lack of arm strength in, in really precise throws, whether it be the skinny post, the flat, the it doesn't matter. He just uses all various of the all you know all all uh, spectrums of the field. But I love the Saints. Um, if Seattle gets hot. I think Seattle, you know, their defense is just brutal. Uh, but they did get back Shaquille Griffin against us. A lot of people are forgetting that. Shaquille Griffin is is a top corner in this league, and he hasn't been healthy, and he was healthy against us. Uh, so a lot of people are killing us and saying it's the worst secondary in football. Well, it really wasn't the worst secondary last night because they did get their star player back. So people have to understand that as well. So, uh, no, Andre, so ahead, what man. about Tampa Bay? Yeah, you know, Mike, what do you think, man? What do you think about Tampa Bay? I don't like Bruce Arians constantly throwing Brady under the bus. I, I think there's all kind of problems there. I mean, they, yeah, they got a lot of talent. Sometimes, some some weeks they look good. Other weeks they look completely lost. I just, I don't, I don't like that. And I'm not a Brady guy, but how could you not be a fan of Brady? I mean, personally, I don't like him because of him beating the Eagles in the Super Bowl and how he acts and some of that stuff. But there's no doubt the guy's arguably the greatest quarterback that's ever played. I mean, it's it's Tom Brady, man. You know, his record speaks for himself. You know, I don't have to like him because I'm a hometown guy, but I think it's completely disrespectful what Bruce Arians is doing to him. Oh, he called. He said the he said yesterday. I don't know. He calls the he's calling all the plays now. What? Yeah. What is I don't that? Know, yeah. What is going on out there? I, I don't like that whole scenario. I don't think they're going to go anywhere. How could you how could you win with that kind of attitude and culture? I don't see that happening. I Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't get it, man. I don't think I've ever seen that before. It's not what we expected. That's the one damn thing. It's wait, not wait, what till, we wait till AB flips his lid. Uh, <laughs> then it's yeah. really going to get nasty. Yeah, he he flips his lid. Gronk will be back to doing body shots <laughs> on the boat, and uh, we're yeah. we're gonna have all kinds. Giselle Giselle will be on the sideline with the puppy dog. Right, everything will be going away. Yo, let me ask you something about Arians. So these these are little jigsaw quirks, but. What's up with the box? Like, looks like he's wearing like a, a, you know, like a heart monitor on the sideline. Bruce Arians. What? Like, what is that? He might be on a heart monitor. No, it's a Bose. It's the sound. Like, he's the only coach in the NFL that wears a frigging Bose power pack. Like, he's playing frigging laser tag on, <laughs> on the damn sideline. Like, what is that? He looks like an idiot. Like, I, I don't like. Does he like? What you know what I mean? Like. <laughs> I'm just laser tank. <laughs> like, think about it. Like, have you ever noticed? Am I the only one who notices that? Like, he's the only guy in the NFL that wears it. Can you bring a picture up and send it? You to know him? what? If we're talking, like, I, I, I definitely, I am. I am gonna. I, you know, I figures you would be the person to say something right? about that because I noticed that a couple of weeks ago. Right. And I, I, I just completely blew it off for whatever reason. Up until yeah. you just brought it back yeah. up again, I didn't even yeah. give it one moment of thought see, since then. See, what is that? What is he doing? Dan said he's wearing a fishbowl for a mask. That's why. <laughs> he does. Yes. Yes. He is the worst dressed football coach. He looks like a mess. He a is mess. a mess. He's a complete mess. I the, the next topic we go on to, while you guys are talking, I'm going to look up. I got to show you guys a picture because I, I, I just I, I don't understand it. And there's a there's a there, there's a front and a back too. Like it's not just like a front path, dude. He's got it like on the back and the front. Like what are you going to war, man? Like what's going on? Like coaching a football he, game. He looks man. like somebody out of Starship Troopers. You yeah, know exactly. He's got he's some got kind of flap jacket on. He, he he definitely does. Uh, that's a little that's, weird, man. Did you, see, I, did you see how many quarterbacks kept having uh, helmet issues? Yeah, that's what a, was that? that? 
that's his backup and backup to the backups um, sound system in case like communication goes out, dude. He got backups. <laughs> it happened in Tennessee. That's right. When Buddy <laughs> threw a puncher, who was that? Kevin Gilbride. Remember Kevin when he punched Gilbride. him on the side? <laughs> he punched him yeah. on the sideline. Yeah, yeah. Buddy was like seventy years old. He barely even lift his arm. Gave him a sucker punch right in the chin. Just punched him right in the face on national TV. That's why. That's why. That's why Buddy Ryan will always be loved in the city of Philadelphia. I mean, how could that? That guy is Philadelphia through and through. How could you not love him? You know, and he's had mixed success here. I mean, don't 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 look at that. It's just he was just so great, and he was just so Philly. And he would do things like that. He didn't even care. And that's when he was outside of Philly. He punched Kevin Gilbride live on the air. Like, who does that? Has it ever been done before? He totally totally neglected the offense, but Buddy was a fan favorite, that's for sure. Yeah, he definitely was. Rest in peace, Buddy Ryan. That's for for sure. sure. Um, Speaking of... Philadelphia, and, and, and again, we're not we're not going to go two hours tonight, boys. We 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 had a lot, but I, I we, we got to end on a couple things, and we're going to do the music thing in, in about five minutes because I have to mention another fraud of the Philadelphia fan base. I shouldn't even say fan base of the Philadelphia sports scene, and that's John Middleton and the Philadelphia Phillies for Merry Christmas laying off eighty employees. Okay, this the New York Mets are out signing pitchers, and we're laying off 80 employees and crying that we don't have enough revenue, that we can't sign anybody, okay? I I said this before, and I'm going to say it again. At the end of the day, if I am Bryce Harper, I want the first ticket out of this town, the first ticket out, because he was lied to. He was lied to. And, again, I get it. It was $331 million. I, listen, I, I, I get it. It's understandable. Okay? But break down his contract and look at Mike Trout's contract. Okay? Look what Bryce Harper did. Bryce Harper signed here for a reason. Okay? He signed here because he figured what exactly was going to happen and that was they go out and they trade JT Romuto. They go out, they pay Zach Wheeler. They go out and you know, and, and they have Aaron O. They bring in DD Gregorius. They bring in Joe Girardi because they knew he's he's a, a baseball guy. And then all of a sudden, when unfortunately the pandemic hit and it has affected everybody, ask the mom and pop owner right now that that's struggling to make a pizza. Ask the mom and pop owner who's ten percent capacity can't pay their bills every month, but you, sir, who are worth more than four billion dollars are having an issue because you took a hit one year and now Mr. Big Ball stupid money John Middleton we're going to get whoever we want we're going to pay now all of a sudden you clammed like like a little bitch when it went when it got hot and the oven got cooking you were out you were out we don't hear from you we don't know where you're at we don't know what you're doing but the first thing we do here is that you're getting rid of 80 people merry friggin' christmas giving out pink slips he to me i i think i'm more mad now than i was in the beginning of the show because when i read that i was infuriated and then i let it go because the eagles happened and then when i was putting it in for this show i was infuriated again and i calmed down and now i'm friggin' infuriated again because i cannot believe i cannot believe that we are a lot like there's not enough people talking about it, Mike. It's just not enough. And I think it's being hidden by the deficiencies of the Eagles. Uh, well, first we'll say 
you know, our obviously our thoughts and prayers go out to the 80 families that were affected. People losing their jobs during a pandemic is awful. I mean, it's just terrible. Um, yeah. So, you know, nobody wants to see that. Right. But yes, to get back to Middleton, to get back to the Phillies, look, and this may not go over well with people, but bottom line is where you're, when you're running a business and you're trimming expenses because you're hemorrhaging and you're losing money, you've got to make some difficult, difficult choices. Okay. I understand all that. You also have to understand that, that business owners run each of the businesses that they own, usually by a you know, a profit and loss statement. If that division isn't doing good, then they trim expenses. And unfortunately, sometimes people will get in the way. The problem that I don't have a problem with that. It's his business. You spend your money the way that you want to. Okay. And that may not be the most popular uh, sentiment here, but the problem I have with it is you went out and you ran your mouth by saying you have stupid money yep. and you got this and you got that and you got this and you got that and you got everybody on board. And you gave everybody a bunch of BS. And now when, um, you know, obviously when, 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 when it got a little tough, you know, you asked a bunch of people. And that's just really sending a horrendous message. I mean, not only to the, to the other employees of the Philadelphia organization or to the fan base, but definitely the players that are thinking now, um, am I standing behind something that may be financially secure? Are they going to cut and run the first chance they get? If something else happens, it creates a sense of doubt all over the place. So, you know, business is business and we're all, we're all, you know, we, we all understand that. At least most people understand that. I don't like the outcome and it's awful, especially now. Um, but you shouldn't have said any of the things that you said and then went, go, it went, went back against your word. That's what really makes it tough. And, you know, could he have done something? Um, you know, a little bit more generous considering, you know, how much money the guy has personally. Yeah, obviously he hasn't. Again, we don't, he could have, and we, we don't know that we don't know if they gave them packages or severance pay. I know there was a bunch of stuff and, you know, they may have taken care of people. Hopefully they did. I mean, I don't think the Phillies organizations are, are, are like that. I, at least I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that that's what happened, but the biggest problem is you came out, you said something, and now you're just fraudulent, and it's awful. And yeah, there are other teams that are signing. They're obviously more fiscal res fiscally responsible, and they've managed their bottom lines a hell of a lot better. Bottom line is, they tried to be New York. They tried to play a big market team, and they just got exposed. And now they just look terrible. They got egg all over their face. And you know who suffers? The family suffer. Bryce Harper ain't going to suffer. That's for no. sure. No, that's a great point, Mike. One hundred percent. I mean, you you look around Major League Baseball, and you know they they want to play with the big boys, right? And, that, and you make a good point. The whole thing is don't come out, run your mouth, right? You come out like, like, like listen. They, they, I'm a wrestling fan. The Rock will come out, all the, coming out, running your mouth, right? Jabroni beating ass. That, listen, it, it's exactly what happened. He was running his mouth. If if he would have never said the word stupid money, none of this would ever be brought up. Right, if if he didn't want to come out and say we're we're going to make sure we put a winning product on the field, like, dude, you can't do that and then take it back. You just can't. See, the thing is, he gambled because he knew that if he didn't take that aggressive approach, he may have not landed Bryce Harper. So they gambled a little bit. But what they didn't know, and what a lot of businesses didn't know, nobody saw this pandemic nah, coming. You're right. Who was prepared for this, right? So. 
I don't want to take his side because I personally I think he's a douchebag, but I'm just trying to I'm just trying to you know take middle ground here. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm just trying to see the way that maybe he sees it, and I'm sure he doesn't give a shit because he's probably at his mansion in Palm Beach right now in the sun, so he doesn't care. But I mean, I I hope he cares. I hope he's a human, and I hope he took care of the 80 people that lost their job because those are the people that really matter. Okay, not Bryce Harper's 300 million dollars or his no trade clause or whatever else. The people, the, the, the boots on the ground, the people that are actually working, the blue collar workers, the workers, the business owners that took risks to sell sandwiches and, and everything else in there. Those are the ones that really, really suffer and not him. He had to make a business decision, but he just he just looks horrible in the way that he did it. I mean, it, they've lost credibility forever for me. Yeah, yeah. That was, it was rotten. I completely agree. Uh, just to get the Andres point, he says, Tony, that's some world-class serious ice in there. Haven't melted yet, bro. How's that possible? That is the ultimate Chick-fil-A ice. I will tell you something right now. It's chemical it's, ice. Chick-fil-A chemical ice. ice is like no other. It really, I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, because there's something in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's chemicals in there. That's it's chemical ice. Project. Or something in there because it, the shit just doesn't melt ever. It, it doesn't. It stays in pellets, man. It's unbelievable. I love it. I get my listen. My whole family works there, so it's like I, I'm getting bags of ice. I mean, my my daughter works there. My son works there. My other son's gonna be working there. So listen, I get free. I get ice all the time, man. Maybe it's the cup. Maybe, maybe it's the, maybe the ice is fine. The cup's like some like uh, styrofoam yeti something it could be it could be hey, Dave, you, want, you want to touch on the Phillies before we move on please Dave. I, ha I hate them <laughs> Dave tell us how you really feel about the Phillies organization uh, you know what man honestly it, you guys nail on the head Mike I hate corporations for doing stuff like that uh, I'm a I'm a blue-collar worker myself I understand the X's and O's and and I know some of my other friends, hey, man, they're a business. They have the right to gain money and make their own money and make their own – but whatever. I don't have to like it. Um, no. And I don't, I don't like that no. they have six or seven or eight owners that run the Philadelphia Phillies, and they need to make 10 15% of a certain rate over the, 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 the going cost of things. And if they don't make that percentage, boom, 80 employees get whacked. You know why they got whacked, right, guys? So they can reach the percentage of revenue that they're used to. Instead of paying them, they're not going to. That's that's how, in my opinion, that's how it went down. Yeah, they're trimming so, expenses. They lost so yeah. much money. When they lose like one hundred forty million dollars, they took one hundred forty million dollars loss. And I think that the eighty families. God, I hate to say families, but that's just what it is, right? Majority yeah, right. Of it anyway. The eighty families are people that were affected. I heard, and I don't know if this is true or not, okay? So we would have to verify this, but I heard it wasn't even a fraction of what they lost. So if they're trying to trim expenses anywhere, it's just in the matter of, do you do it right now? Yeah. Do you yeah. do it now? I mean, right now, dude, when like evictions are starting and the stimulus is run out and yeah. uh, complete craziness, dark winter, an administration changing, or maybe somebody's the president, nobody knows what's going on. Is this the right time to do something like that during the no. holidays? No. After you, saying just, the stupid money? I mean, yeah. that's tough. I mean, look, I, it must have been a really, I hope it was a really tough decision. And I hope they took care of people in ways that we don't know. But the timing of it was awful. And the way they did it was just terrible. I, I, it goes back to what you said, Mike and, and Tony. I agree with what you said 100%. When you come out preaching to us that you got more money than, you know, whatever, and, and you're going to do the right thing and spend money and you're a, you're, you're, your TV revenues and puts you up to the fifth in MLB, and then all of a sudden 
this is where we're at. This, this is where, you know what? It, it just doesn't sit well. It doesn't sit well with anybody. It shouldn't. And if they don't sign JT, you better sign sales. There's That's the only thing I can tell you that could save possibly not getting JT Real Muto on this team. Is yeah, just, give me, just, give me, just give me a $100 million catcher and take the other $130 million they were going to give to JT and just give it back to everybody that lost their job. Here's I'm the thing. tired of JT Real Muto. He just, I'm just tired of this whole thing now by now. Tired well, of it. I'll tell you what. He's not signing JT he Real signing Muto. He he's not signing DD Gregorius. And nope. he's not signing any pitchers either. Nope. They, they, they are who they are. This is I'm telling you right now. Uh, he's already admitted it. It's a shame, but it is what it is. And mediocrity, the race to the middle again. They 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 sucked us in, man. They sucked us in with Bryce Harper. They sucked us in with Girardi. And how about Girardi? You think Girardi's not pissed? Yeah, he's pissed. Absolutely. Of course he is. He's yeah, saying yeah. you you stuck me with a bunch of stiffs last year in a bullpen, <laughs> right? Now all of a sudden we're getting nothing again. Yeah. Right? It's it's crazy. It's crazy, John. You got any thoughts on this Philly scene, man, before we move on to some music talk? No, bro. I mean, you met <laughs> not really. You mentioned the man of many words. You, you mentioned the bullpen. So I'll just I'll go back 90 years ago. Worst bullpen ERA in MLB history. 1930 Phils. <laughs> oh, so it's still at, at 8.01 for a bullpen ERA. 8.01. And second place last year, the 2020 Phils, 90 years later, it's 7.06. Are you serious? Yep. Wow. One and one and two, 90 years apart. Wow. That 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 is that that's that's terrible. And that, and and think about that. Wow. And, and what all you all you had to do was go two and six in the final eight games, and you go one and seven and miss the playoffs. That that that's going the whole you know, year with us, you know what I mean? With uh, that seven that seven ERA. I mean, think I about what that I does. I forgot about that. Thanks, Sean. I did. <laughs> I, I, you asked me if I had any thoughts. That's, that's, one hell of thought about. that's one hell of a thought. You know what? Just to touch on that, uh, just take you a quick let's just go back real quick because I was on Middleton and I forgot. You know Theo Epstein turned him down. Did, nobody talked about that. Yep. No, that was a story that was that. Exactly. around a couple of days yes, ago. Yes, he did. Yeah, well, I don't think it was maybe. Look, I don't know, but Epstein said he wasn't even gonna, he wasn't even gonna play, he wasn't even gonna be in the game for the next year or so. But he turned him down. So, um, he, that's a big move trying to get Epstein. That was a big move. Yeah, but I mean, that's, it, it, it was a paid big for him, move. That's for sure. Well, right, it was a big move, but you know, Epstein's seen the writing on the wall, right? He's seen the writing on the wall. You know, here, there's the big difference. The big difference was it, it, this money, again, bro. Money. Well, no, not just money. I'm going to be speculative here, like I always am, but I'm trying to make sense of this decision because Daryl Morey was in the same situation. Daryl Morey said he was stepping down to go be with his family. That's what he said. Okay, but at the end of the day, he's seen an opportunity because the ownership of the Sixers said, you can do whatever you want, man. This is your team. We just want to win. We're going to step back, and we're going to allow you to make decisions. Yeah, but they're going to Theo give him the money, though. They're right. going to back him with money, bro. Right. Maybe but Epstein doesn't is, see that. Yeah, but what I'm saying is Theo Epstein was told a completely different story. He knew he had to deal with that stiff Ned Rice and Andy McPhail and, <laughs> and all them bozos. And Matt Ned Rice. Right, Ned Rice. Ned Rice. You know what I mean? Like, seriously, think about it, man. Think about it. Um, Probably right. 
Yeah, but well, Cameron Cameron checking on YouTube says the only Pro Bowler Howie Roseman has only drafted was Trent Cole. Uh, did, did Howie Roseman draft Trent Cole? Hmm. I don't think he did. Hmm. We have to cool. look that up. I really yeah. thought that was an Andy Reid draft pick. That's what I thought. Uh, mm-hmm. Andre says John can literally win every sports category in Jeopardy to ever air. I love that, man. Yo, John pulled I that wish. that out his ass. Like, where did that come from, man? Yeah, you're, yes, you do that every week, man. You seem to pull some, some kind of nugget out that nobody's even thinking about. Pretty impressive, it's, John. It's crazy. Well, speaking of nuggets, we like to have a little fun here. And uh, before we get to John's CD yes. wallet again, yes. well, uh, okay, I, I, I just mentioned I want to have a little fun with this. Only a couple minutes here and uh, see what you guys think. But, you know, one thing, we, we, we start talking about music on this show because it's something that we all love. And sometimes, I'll be honest with you, there's times where I have to kind of lead to stress myself. Uh, I get a little stressed. I have to unstress myself. And I put some headphones in, and I have some go-to songs I just like to listen to. I like to, whether it be, you know, spit some bars or rock out a little bit or get a little country going. But I, I'm curious because everybody has a, a go-to song or two or three, and 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 I'm not gonna say, hey, what, what's on your playlist, this and that, but and I don't even care how many you give me, okay? But John, I'm gonna stick to you last because we're gonna we're gonna segue your pick right into your CD wallet, okay? Um, but Dave, when the going gets tough, and, and Dave has a bad loss on the Holy football ocean. field, right? What's that? Billy Ocean, right? Wow. Billy Ocean. (laughs) Nice pull. Billy Ocean. From, from, I believe, Jewel of the Nile movie with Kirk Douglas. Or not. No, No, that was Michael Douglas. Douglas. Yeah, Michael Michael Douglas. Douglas, Yes. Jewel of the Nile. Do I look like a Billy Ocean guy? I don't know, Dave. What was I think that? We're all, I think we're all kind of Billy Ocean guys. Caribbean yeah. Queen, dude. That yeah. was the shit. My dreams get into my car. I mean, come exactly, on. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. Billy Ocean was the OG, man. No oh, doubt. Yeah. Billy Ocean. Yeah. Wow. Great pull. I I, Great I, I, pull. I'll tell you why. I think Koga shot Billy Ocean that CD chest over there. So that's what it is. <laughs> we're going to find it out later. Imagine if he pulls. If he Give pulls me your. It could be one. It could be two. It could be three. It could be four. Whatever, whatever you want, man. You, you know the songs that, that that let you kind of breathe and say, "I just want to put my headphones in and rock out a little bit." Maybe singing the shower, singing the car. What's your go to, Dave? Uh, Dave, I'm before curious. you answer that, can I can I set it up a little bit better? So now yeah. you know, Tone. Let me just ask you this question: Every mood that you have, you know, you you had mentioned stress. Yes. Um, you know, so something that sort of decompresses you, right? That sort of brings you back to baseline that puts you in a good mood, right? That's that's sort of what we're looking for. Because you got songs that, you know, when you're getting ready to go out somewhere, or you're getting ready to do something fun, um, you know, that puts you in it, they get kind of get you hyped. You got songs that are at the gym when you're working out that'll get you hyped, that'll get you through some stuff. So this I guess the uh the clarification of this song is you're a little bit stressed, stressful at work, stressful at home, whatever. You're trying to relax, what puts a smile on your face, what's your go to? I like that. I like that. Man, that's so hard. One song. It's hard. I yeah, mean, it's well, no, again, like you could pick a couple, man. Uh, oh my god. Uh, I so anyway, I, I I'm not into hip hop as much as you guys are, especially modern stuff. Like it, the the rap music that I grew up with with NWA and Public Enemy and 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 those guys. Us too. You know that I, but I I didn't branch into the to. Like Jay Z, I you, I told you this before. I, I don't really like Jay Z, but uh, you know, cool. um, yeah, I know. Well, I like 
Wow. Biggie small no. Biggie Smalls to me is is was I, I like that's about as far as I go with rap stuff. I'm more that's, of an alternative rock guy. Okay. So let's and, hear it. And Pearl Jam, Nirvana, the Chili Peppers. I I those that those three groups right there are probably the most on my playlist, um, if you will. Um the guy that I'd like to listen to, sing a song, uh, rock song, whatever, uh, alternative rock song, uh, Chris Cornell, to me, he was um, Soundgarden and yeah, Audio yeah. Slave and, and just recently passed away within the last uh, year or two. Uh, to me, that guy and singing a song, that I like listening to that music. Relaxing stuff, Mike, like you talked about, I love listening to the Beatles. Man. I, I'm, I'm, I could, I could nice. listen to the Beatles. Um and, so uh, no fact, no particular song, just straight anything that on the Beatles. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no one particular song like puts me in one mood or another. See, because Audio Slave, you got Chris Cornell, right? But Chris Cornell was connected with the ba the band for Rage Against the Machine without Zach De La Rocha. So you had um, that's you Audio had Tom Slave. Morello, Tom Morello on the yeah on Audio Slave. He yeah. was on the guitar, and that you know some of the audio uh, song uh, audio slave songs were definitely relaxing some of them were pretty hard you know yeah yeah tom Morello, he's an unbelievable guitar player very oh, yeah. highly intelligent human by the way too oh, no anyway that's my picks tone how about nice. you mike where, where where's goose going uh stressful day i mean i, I want to relax put a smile the sort of something that takes you back um i just go to ice cube it was a good day that would that could be played at any time, at any place, takes all you my completely playlist. back. <laughs> yeah, it was a good day. Is definitely up on there. That's got some serious playtime on my Spotify. So uh, that's that'll bring me back to baseline. But then again, you know, I could come up with fifty different songs that are there. You know, and that's just one pick from the play playlist. But there's there's so many of them, and they're not just necessarily in hip hop. They're all over the place. I'm with you. I like like I, again. You could name a couple. I mean, I I literally when I did this, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That I I, I tell you, I actually have eight that are right. Like I literally have eight on my YouTube playlist that I'll go to at the end of the night and literally listen to every single night. Like are they and are, are they all over the place? All yes. different genres? Yes, they are all over the place. Okay, so I'll say it was a good day. I'll say. Um, the Shaka Khan song, totally relaxing. I forget what the name of it is. Uh, not uh, Ooh, I, I, Shaka Khan. Uh, I Shaka forget Khan. the name of. It. Yeah, Shaka I'll Khan. tell you. I'll tell you what it. Yeah, exactly. Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, with, ain't nobody. Ain't nobody. Excellent, excellent song. You know, I mean, you could go there. Um, I mean, there's just there's just so many of them because you know a lot of a lot of Depeche Mode. I used to. I really Ooh, like Depeche oh, Mode. Yeah. Yep. Wow. You know. Um, Personal cool. Jesus, Depeche Mode, excellent. Great song, um, Mike. You know, well, yeah, uh, Rage Against the Machine. You know, uh, mm -hmm. Killing in the Name. I mean, go always into something. N.W.A. You know, um, oh, it's a great song. Yeah, you know, Rebel Yell, like Billy Teen, Idol. How about Smells Like Teen Spirit, Mike? Yeah, like exactly. That. I mean, a Children's Story. That how does that uh, not put a smile on your face from from Slick Rick? You know, Slick Rick, a children's story, man. Like, hey, you know, Dave, I, like, know, know my part of town, Dave. No, my part you, of town. You know, I love that. I love my part. Of that. I mean, that would be my walk-up music, man. You know, we talked about that. If, uh, that I, was, if I was playing in the bigs, that was that's my walk-up music. I, I listen. I am like, I'm all over the map. Let's like, hear it. 
you guys know that. Like, I, I'll tell you, you, nobody would ever believe this, but I'm going to tell you right now what my all time go to song, one song that I could play over and over again is Possum Kingdom by the Toadies. Oh, love wow. the song. Love it. Okay. Wow. See, you're not expecting that, did you? That is total curveball for me, man. Yes. Wow. You are Good not. Ex- I yes. love that song. Okay. All that up. On a on a stressful day, listen to Little Mr. Jones by Counting Crows. Another one of my all time favorites. Great okay. Then then I get into the hip hop vibe, right? So I'm going a little DJ Khaled. Do you mind? Love the beat. Love the song. It's got to have Nicki in it. Got to have Minaj in the remix. Love it. R. Kelly. I wish. I love the remix of R. Kelly. I know he did some stuff dirty, but is what it is. I love that song. New York. Jay Z. Alicia Keys. That will. For, I, I could listen to that a hundred times over on replay. Um, Hail Mary by Tupac on the Machiavelli album. One of nice. my all time. Right. I mean that just that that beat that refrain. I just uh, numb. Jay Z, Lincoln Park. I know Andre mentioned that. Yeah, that great. That, right. Oh, I played that a billion times. Right. That's that that sound. That beat. It just it, you know twist it by Keith Sweat. I uh, got to have some Keith Sweat in there, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'm gonna I'm gonna end it by to me one of the most sexiest women alive in Alicia Keys. Girl on Fire is one of my favorite songs. I love the beat. I love the. I, I could watch her swing her hips to that song all day long. She she is she's gorgeous. She's a gorgeous woman. Uh, you know, listen. Uh, what is um Swiss Beats? Congratulations, man! You hit a home run with that, my man, because she is multi talented and one of my favorite artists of all time. Tone, real quick, no Fujis yeah. on that list. You know, I I would have thought that there would have been a Fuji's track in there somewhere. Uh, you know, you know, it's weird. Like, Fuji's is on on my hip hop playlist, but it's like it's not a go to to me. It, it's okay. not like these are like I just come down for some reason. These are the songs I listen to at the end of the night, and I could probably go word for word, bar for bar with all of them. And right. just they just calm me down. I don't know what it is. I just I, no matter how many times I watch it over and over again, it's just I, I, I just love it, man. But great, the Tony's, a great, great Blossom Kingdom is a great song. Great song. Great song. It definitely yeah. very surprising. Yeah, I like the I, I, I like I, the eclectic I, mix of uh, of your well, selection there, Tony. That's the funny thing. A lot of people say it to me when I sit there like, What? Dude, I, I, I tell you a funny story for you to John. It's funny on that. So we were at a bar one night, local bar, I won't say the name, but uh, this and this was again this for COVID. This was like probably two years ago, and we were it was packed, and it had a DJ there, and it was one of those you know you know mom and pop DJs, and he was trying to get the crowd going, and he did a little trivia, and he's like, yeah, listen, so and he was playing like all like rap music, hip hop, and like old school rock, and he goes, you know, whoever can get this like name this tune, get, I need the artist and the song. You win a gift card. It was a hundred dollar gift card at a joint. He's like, I've been nice, doing this nice. the last three weeks, and nobody, nobody, nobody's gotten it, dude. It was the Toadies. It was it was Possum Kingdom. So many people knew Possum Kingdom. They had no idea it was the Toadies. When I got the microphone and told who it was, everybody looked at me and was like, what? like where did you pull that from that's pretty amazing and it all comes from again it's crazy but mr marone was my freshman psychology teacher at north catholic north catholic alum and he played that song every day you know after the alma mater and i it stuck in my head i don't know what but he it was like and forever i loved that song so it just it just grew on me john before you know we go to the like CHS. You know who else likes that song? Who? Your, your boy Pete Weber. Uh, 
He's a big Toadies fan. Oh, stop it. Why are you leave Pete out of this, man? Pete never did nothing to you. So what do you got, John? Come uh, on. You, gotta, you guys got to give me numbers. All right, we'll go, we'll, okay, we'll go right to John C. Because what's the point? We, we got a CD closet. So, yeah, exactly. again, for, for anybody listening and everybody still watching with us, I know the numbers are doing down a little bit because we went a little late, like we always do. But John has how many sections, John? Five, right? Five sections. Five sections, 30 in each section, right? Yep. So give yep. John a number. It could be 127, 335, whatever no, it is. Not and, 335. That's illegal. Oh, oh sorry, 330. 330. Yeah. Uh, not, uh, so so here we go. We already got our, our boys, Al and Andre. They know. They know. <laughs> so, so so Al's already checking in with 12 and 1. Uh, has to be the pick. Nice. So I, I, I get 112. Right, oh, that's a good group. 112. 112. Yeah. Um, and Andre's checking in with 2 and 4. So I'll go 2 4. And I'll, I'll just say, I, I'm going to go. Five thirty. Oh, wow. on the rack. Oh, wow. All right. Oh, wait, he didn't give you guys a pick. He'll do he forgot game about game, you. Yeah, I guess. That's okay. It must have been the Folgers. We're the used to it. <laughs> uh, Cameron, why, why, Cameron, second in use. Can we fire Doug and get Eric B. Enemy? Hey, Cameron, listen. We would I, love that, I, Cameron. I, I'm with I'm with Doug, but I do not want a Kansas City Chiefs product right now. Sorry, mm. off the Andy Reid tree. I love the Chiefs, but I, don't, I I I'm done with that. Let's go in a different direction. That's all all right, we, we got we got some good ones here. Uh oh, we got uh, some fire. Good so ones covers a lot I, of ground. We do have fire. Al one twelve. Friday soundtrack. Oh <laughs> yo, the Friday soundtrack. One of the best movies of all. Hi. Great soundtrack, too. My grandma got me this chain. <laughs> Yo, Timo, can I get the can I get the beach cruiser back? It'd be like both the R's. I keep it at my house. It'd be like both the R's. <laughs> that was the uh keep their heads ringing, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ding ding dong. Oh, that's a great song, man. Yeah, there you there go. It is. Nice, nice pull. Listen to that Dre beat, man, and that sound amazing. Amazing. We got uh oh John. Andre two four. Is uh, that shy? That would be shy. Wow. If I ever fall in love. Yepers. Wow. (laughs) Is I swear? Wait, is I swear on that too? Wow. Mm, Wow. No, I swear that's not shy. That's all for one. Yeah. There you go. That's a classic jam right there. Nice pull. Damn, John, you are a man of mysteries. Shy? I would have never. <laughs> never. Never in a million years. I'm still waiting for him to pull that cranberry CD out. <laughs> Nothing against cranberries, Dave. I know you. Yeah, that's, that's my genre. Cranberries. Yep. Uh-oh, John. Oh, what, what do we got? This <laughs> looks like a doozy. Yeah, this is mine. This is 530. You can't even process whatever this is. You talked about him earlier. Keith Sweat. Sweat. Uh, oh, wow. Look at John. John's I, like I, was, I was, I was looking it. through the soundtracks to see. That was nobody. Uh, nobody. nobody. That's great. Yep. Nobody. The, oh, man. Man, John. I, I nice, John. You, Keith, Keith, Sweat, Keith Sweat was my guy. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I, there, there's oh. quite a few of them. And see, the the cassettes are where are where it's really at. You want to you want to get Bro. funky. Yeah, I, you know I, I gotta what? get the cassettes out of the attic. I, I should get the cassettes out of the attic too, man. Um, There's gold in them hills, that's for sure. Number one song on Power 99 for 10 straight weeks. Uh, I, I Listen, when that key sweat, when Twisted came, my Lord, Twisted, nobody. I mean, I I, I don't know. What was, big, what was the song by uh, and on, Al B. Shore? Remember Al B. Shore? Off on your own girl. Yeah. yeah. One hit wonder, yeah. Al B. Shore. Mike just pulled that out right away. Like, holy moly. Yeah. How'd you do that? Get off on younger. Yeah, That's dude. That was, the, that was the shit. John, Andre said John definitely has the color of your CD. I want to sex you up. <laughs> that was on the new I Jack City soundtrack. That was I another good soundtrack. Yeah, you have I that, John? Adore, I adore I me I do, more. Yes. So, 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 come on. You want to give Dave and, and Mike a pick here before we get out of here? Sure, go ahead. Let's five. give Mike and Dave a pick before Just we say, get out me, of here. Five nine. Let's make it easy. Five nine. And Dave, what do you want? Uh rack one number thirty. Dave just likes saying rack. Yeah. <laughs> that's what, I think that's what it is. Dave Dave likes saying rack. He was like, You're rack. Rack one. <laughs> there is I, I got a feeling that Dave's is gonna be a real good one. Now, uh, John's been bringing the heat. Yeah, he has. Uh, I mean, he didn't pull any like, butthole surfer albums out, so it's uh, been pretty good yeah. so far. Uh, w- wait. What were they? Um, Hanson throwing a Hanson CD out there. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> <Jeez. laughs> oh boy, he but he's not. They're saying you're gonna pull Hanson. I know if you just Hanson, uh, just throw it. You're not. I know you don't have. I Hansen. did. I, I'm just saying. I did say that my wife has a bunch of CDs here that I cannot uh, speak to. Uh, they're they're all in case five. But, John till death do us part. You're res- uh, completely responsible for what's in that rack, my friend. Thank five you. Five nine for Mike. Here we go. This is a CD single. Single. Exhibit paparazzi. Uh, yeah, oh, your, wow. Let me that's let me your boy tone. I forgot that that is. Listen, that's on my list. That that is. If people don't know that song, paparazzi by Exhibit, that was on the At the Speed of Life album. Yep. With with Foundation. Which was an amazing song, piano song, right? What's that? That's your boy, Exhibit. Oh, yeah, I love Exhibit, man. Love Exhibit. Okay, I pulled Exhibit. I'm not. Home. I'm not. I'm not dis. Uh, I'm not disappointed in that pull. That's a great Dave, pull. Dave, dude, man. Dave, you you got the meth. To cow. To cow. Wasn't it, wasn't the wasn't the biggest fan of that album? It was good, but it wasn't. It was like you know what? Okay. It was Matt just getting started. Like bringing the pain was decent. To Cal was okay, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like yeah, uh, yeah. Because you know what? It was overshadowed by that Raekwon album, man. The Raekwon album, only built for Cuban links, was just yeah. Ridiculous. It was top one of the top greatest albums of all time. Rap time, rap right. music. I mean, it was when they all crazy. dropped that first solo album, right? So Mets was kind of like eh, you know, you know, you you, you had. Andre says to Cal was released too fast. Yeah, I mean, yeah, G- Genius Liquid Swords. I mean, Liquid Swords was a ridiculous album. Yeah, they were just Shadow cranking albums out. Yeah, maybe, Ugh. maybe, maybe the timing of the release of Takao wasn't in the best interest of the Wu Tang Clan. Yeah, it could have been. It definitely could have been. Um, he was, that, he that, was that, just, yeah. he was just um, videoed doing like as as solo acts or um, doing uh, what is it called. Um, he was rapping against somebody else. What do they call that? Again? Oh, uh, like a battle. Yeah, battle. Yeah, right? battle. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just recently, they just showed him doing it. 
And the thing is, him and LL, man, they just don't age. Him and yeah, LL right. Cool J just don't age. It's insane, man. They look Jeez. amazing. Cheese from the wire. They may, yeah. Cheese. Yeah. Great part yeah, in the geez. wire, dude. Oh, yeah. That is, that is a great uh, look, uh, Andre says Meth was uh, eager to, to work with Redman. Says he was at Power 99 during that time. And the, the Blackout album was insane. The Blackout album between Meth and Redman was was off the hook, man. That was, that was a good one. one. That was a good one. Uh, and Al says, the last comment, that Al says, training can't start today, boys. And that is the Sixers talk that we are going to get to next week. Uh, we, we are definitely because, again, uh, now it's time to get serious. December 22nd, I think the first preseason game is December 15th. Uh, I cannot wait to see uh, what the Sixers team can bring. But as always, we are at one minute, 59 seconds of uh, one minute, 59 seconds and 40 right now. So we're oh. just about to hit two hours on the button. Uh, we always say this over and under. But again, as always, give us a follow. Heat Ratio Sports, YouTube, Twitter, Periscope. Instagram, Facebook, you know the deal. Just get get the ratings up, get the reviews up. If you like what you hear, just give us a five star and give us a rating. We greatly appreciate it. For everybody, as always, the Heat Ratio family, as we call for checking in, just keeping this thing going for so long. It's 130 episodes. We're on our way to 200. It's been great. Uh, Dave Dixon, John Coker, Mikey Goose, Tony Cotillo at Heat Ratio Sports. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll catch you next week. Peace. I'm doing what I want.